Hello, and welcome to episode 134 of the Gaming Fix podcast on August 15th, 2020. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite wet gamer moment. I am joined today by Alex. My sock landed in the toilet. Pat. I'm like, I'm like uh, when you spill ga- Dorito, Dor- Mountain Dew game fuel on yourself and then like Doritos. That's my, that, I'm the, that's the white gamer moment that I am. Okay. Allison. Uh, going to be controversial and say uh, Super Mario Sunshine's my wet gamer moment. Hell yeah. Erica Hernandez. Here's a wet ass gamer joke here that I don't want to make. <laughs> <laughs> wet gamer ass. That's not good. Oh, no. Sam. Uh, as a new father, I'm often wet and it's not often my fault. Um, however, I'm dry at this moment. I'm having a dry gamer moment. <laughs> and a special guest this week, all the way from Giant Bomb. We've got producer extraordinaire, Jan Ochoa. I have uh, emerged from the lakes of gaming Minnetonka to uh, <laughs> um, be a guest on your podcast. And I'm nothing but honored to be here. I'm getting my fix of podcasts on your podcast. I am, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank for you. Being. Yeah. Well, yeah. we heard that you like podcasts that are three hours. Okay. Yeah, I have a, like a, a, at least a criteria of like four or five things, and then y'all approached me that uh, it's uh, at least two to three hours. You have more yeah. than five folks on the pod, mm-hmm. and I don't remember yep. what else I said. But y'all are checking off every single tick box, <laughs> and I'm making more internal uh, check boxes in my head, and y'all are continuing to tick those off. Topical with uh, the wet ass you know i'm not gonna finish the sentence um uh fun zoom backgrounds that's another thing i've thought of and then pianos in the background how did y'all know uh you know sometimes you just mesh with people you listen to their podcast enough and you're just like i know this person we're all drift compatible now yeah exactly (laughs) when we need to build a much bigger uh jaeger we can all like a Megazord Jaeger where we need six people to drift together or seven people in this case, then we'll be good. And the chamber's (laughs) constantly wet. Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) support seven people. Like an Evangelion. Yeah. Yeah. The the gamer fluid. Yeah. The gamer fluid. Oh no. And it's just mountain. I don't ever want to hear the term gamer fluid again (laughs) in my life. Uh, I was wearing an Evangelion t-shirt like 20 minutes ago, but it got wet. See? (laughs) It all it all connects. Full circle, Uh, baby. uh, Wow, that's. I'm sorry already for being on your podcast. I can. (laughs) Oh no, this is not your fault. We would be on wet gamer moments regardless. (laughs) This is clean for us. This is very on brand for us. Unless there was some sort of butterfly effect where you getting on your computer this morning like made a butterfly flap its wings and created a gust of wind that propelled Alex's sock into a toilet. In I mean, we could never know. You never, you never know. It's true. Other things you can never know 
We have a uh, long list of games. Holy crap. We do. We do have a long <laughs> list of games. Uh, er, earlier, yeah. earlier in the week, Sam was like, maybe we should all just focus on bringing one thing, especially if we're going to have Jan on. And then everyone, including Sam, put more than one thing. Not me. You and Erica. I don't have much to say about my two games, if that helps. No, I need all to right. hear about the first thing you have listed here. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, let's let's start there. Let's let's give Jan the information he needs. Keep checking these boxes. I value me. family, so there you go. Another We're check a family box. on this podcast. Oh man, that would have been such a great Fast and Furious. They should have made Fast and Furious a Destiny, like where you like your your group of friends that you play with is your family, and you're building a life. And then they all die because they all stop playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Fast and Furious Crossroads came out. Yeah, and it's not a tie-in to the Britney Spears movie Crossroads, which obviously oh, made me very upset. Um, Yet, you know they mess with that timeline in those movies. It's it could happen still. That makes a lot. of uh, Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's a problem. Uh, it's also the worst driving game I've ever played. Oh, it's a driving. Game. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's that's a, like it's the one thing you'd want to get good. Yeah, it's by the Project Cars people, so you'd expect that it would have good driving, uh, right? So it it feels like they were like they they made Project Cars and they're like, okay, let's make an arcadey racing game and slap some Fast and Furious color on it, but they didn't arcadey up the driving model, just like how you play. So like you'll often be like, okay, I'm just gonna like drift around this corner, and the car will just do like a full 360 spin or like. Sometimes you'll you'll go to turn and it will just turn like on a dime and sometimes it will be like I'm doing this on video, it's terrible audio for everybody. <laughs> like uh, a grandpa like grandpa turning is like seventy eight station wagon. Yes, I definitely know what those things are. Um, oh grandpas? <laughs> I mean, they don't have those in the UK. Oh. Uh yeah, they're called I can't think of a good royal pun, but like, you know. Um, so Sonequa Martin-Green is good, obviously. She's great in Star Trek Discovery. Um, fine CBS product, if, <laughs> from memory. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's really good. Uh, but And Vin is obviously great, as normal. Um, but there's some weird stuff, like the Vin character model's head turns a bit too far in one scene, like turns a bit too far around. And I was watching it like, uh, yeah, it drives, it, it drives badly. It's not fun to play in any way, shape or form. Wait, so when you they say it turns, like, when you say it turns too far, is that kind of like the Mass Effect gif or video where you see like Commander Shepard's head doing a full 360 before he right, reaches wherever he goes? No, it wasn't a glitch. It's clearly intended. Um, oh. But like, you know how when you look over your shoulder, like this is it, this is the thing. He goes like a bit, like a bit further forward it's it creepy. That's just a, a function of Vin Diesel's neck. Yeah, you can just do that. <laughs> Vin Diesel doesn't have it's a part, neck. Part owl. That's what I mean. <laughs> His whole uh, body so turns. How how is it as a Fast and Furious product? Like the driving is not great, but like how how's the family? How's the stunts? Yeah, how's do you do the, any uh, heists? Any fun things? Does like is Ludacris constantly in your ear? Because I need to know this. So Ludacris does not feature in the game. Oh. Uh, I'm out. It's got Michelle Rodriguez, Vin, and Tyrese. I'm fully out. 
Not even Han? I get like, come on. No. Uh, Han's dead. Why would you say that? No, he's not. He's in the trailer. And I'm pissed about it. Is Bow Wow I'm pissed in that the he's game? alive. I'm I'm pissed that they showed him in the trailer. Unfortunately, Bow Wow is not in the game. Damn it. Uh I feel like if Bow Wow had been in it and had his Hulk car, that would have been like top easy top ten game of the year recommendation, like slip in at the bottom. That should be um, a skin for the Avengers game is for the Hulk. It's just that cow car. <laughs> No, it should just be Bow Wow. He should be the Hulk of one of the skins. In the, no, it's Bow Wow in the car. Wow. <laughs> oh, so the Hulk is like a Zord robot Gundam now, huh? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that, that probably exists. That's got to exist. How would you uh, feel if... Marvel um, Mangaverse. <laughs> if uh, this game was tied into... Well, does, is this game like canon? Is this I, like I, supposed to be some like side events that I need to know before the next movie comes out? So I'm gonna finish it because it's only five hours long. Um, I played How through half of the game in yesterday evening. Um, so like the I, th- I hope it ties in because Sonequa Martin Green is great, and I would love to see her in a Fast and Furious movie. Um, but like, it's not very good, and the story is the story is very Fast and Furious. They're going after an ancient street racing gang. <laughs> This doesn't um, sound like Fast and Furious. <laughs> horse carriages? They'd catch up pretty fast. Yeah, that's pretty ancient. <laughs> yeah. They're named Tadakul, which means crossroads in no. ancient Hebrew or something. They're, and they're like, oh, we've got to catch what? the Tadakul. That's... Uh, why? Back the in. First they like, in the, yeah. <laughs> the first Did mission in the game. Did they steal some like, nuke or something? Not yet. There is no nuke. Somebody owes them money. It's like... The basic pitch of the first couple of that's, missions. That's but that's such small potatoes cars? for this crew now. But the first, like the very first mission in the game, you're playing as Vin in the the Vin Diesel car, the big muscle car, and Letty is in like a car with a giant harpoon launcher on the roof, and you're mm-hmm. racing on a motorway trying to catch a Tadakul agent who's driving a tank, and okay. like the goal is to like so Vin has to like wheelman fight cars off the road and then you can switch to play as Letty and use the grappling hook to try and take the tank down oh, man. so it's really cool like the opening mission is a great concept and if it handled well I probably would have really enjoyed it um, but uh, and then like Vin has like spikes on the wheels that you're using to like try and uh, damage the tank tracks and like catch this Tadakul agent and then you have this really cool over the top action sequence and then they're like Okay, and now we're going to go, and you're going to be Cynical Martin Green, who has a tow truck, and she is going to pick up a Prius and tow it to a, her friend's garage. So, like, it's a bit of a. It's a bit no, of a when I think coaster. of uh, Fast and Furious, I think of driving a tow truck to pick up another car. Like, but um, but 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 you did mention Wheelman, and then the first thing that came to mind was the 2009 video game starring Vin Diesel. From that's what i was referring to okay great so if it was more like the wheelman i would also fighting. be in that's kind of you know in wheelman you had like you could like left bumper to like shunt cars yeah it has that it has bumper shunting for cars so but only when you're vin diesel so it's vin diesel fast and furious bumper cars got it uh, so, so what does tyrese do what's does he just like does he have ejecto cedo cuz turned up Oh, I'm over oh, two no. hours in and he's not turned up. Uh, there was a really good. 
Yeah, the game's only five hours long. I don't know. It's and it's sixty dollars. How can yeah. how can they get away with this? So I believe it has a thirty dollar season pass as well. Yes. By the way, what? it is what? a competitive multiplayer game. In fact, oh, <laughs> yeah. What? How? Uh, it's car fighting. Oh, so yeah. there's uh, the other <sighs> cool. The other cool part is that there's a really, really there's a lot of references to Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious. Like a lot of references to it. Though, Wait, how are there a lot of references to Too Fast, Too Furious if Paul Walker and Tyrese aren't like Tyrese in the game is so in long. it. He's in the credits, but oh, I've not but seen he hasn't. Him. Yeah, so how are they making references to Too Fast, Too Furious if Ludacris, Paul Walker, and Tyrese aren't in the game so far? So when you go to Sonequa Martin Green's house, she is like, she's like, they're like, oh, that's a nice car. She's like, oh yeah, I fished it out of a lake in Florida, and it's a blue mustang like from the end of too fast too furious mm. wow and um people are like oh can you uh you used to run with suki right you, you raced with suki so they're just constantly <laughs> referencing too fast too furious for wow. some reason that's a bold oh decision considering that is like far and away the worst fast and furious movie <laughs> I, I, yeah. I still put it above four but i i can see why people would make that argument I, I think the same. I think four is probably the worst. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue, but wow. So, so as someone, I think Allison, you might be in the same boat as me as someone who has never seen fast and furious, any of the movies. And I know that's blasphemous. We've already, we've covered that in previous episodes, but should I play this game with no context? Like, would it make any sense? Absolutely. It's just like, it's just not a very good game. And the story, <laughs> I think the story will probably make sense without, knowing anything about fast and furious because it's like there are tie-ins but i feel like you would just know enough based on like osmosis of basic fast and furious concepts that essentially fast and furious is now oceans 11 with vin diesel instead of george clooney that's the only difference or (laughs) you could take those five hours and you could watch fast and furious and too fast too furious and maybe even part of tokyo drift I watched all of them over one weekend. Like you can, you can do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the life. You should do that again this weekend. Yeah, I watched <laughs> all of them over one weekend, one time. I've only done that once for sure. <laughs> you can watch it with uh, a fine podcast called Film and Forties from the fine people over at GiantBomb dot com. That's exactly uh, how I watched it. So. <laughs> Did you participate and have your own 40? I did. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. They don't sell those to. over here, but I had like several beers. <laughs> you know, I've never actually watched it with that commentary before. Recommend. Well, Pat. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is that films in the UK are like a few microseconds faster because of like, or at least they were back in the day. So when I tried to watch Too Fast, Too Furious, my copy kept going ahead and ahead and ahead of Giant Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! You got to see Ejectocito before they did. I did. <laughs> what? Okay, well, never mind. It, there, there's a, just a scene <laughs> where Tyrese yells "Ejectocito," cause and he makes a guy and fly out of his car an with an ejector seat. I, I, yeah. I know y'all have a lot on um, your your docket here, but no, may I tell it. a uh, quick anecdote about Ejectocito? Yes. Please go for it. Yes. Um, so. I used to work for a television show where they tried to bust myths 
Um, and then after that show ended, we had a smaller show looking for a set of new hosts, whereas reality show style of like, all right, we're going to find the next two hosts by eliminating one of you a week. And one of the first myths we made them do, and it's not really a myth, we just made them build an ejection sh- seat from a car. And it was the most terrifying thing watching a bunch of uh, not novice engineers and welders, but um, w- potential Less TV experienced. Hosts. Yes, yes. Uh, put together hydraulic tanks in the back of cars uh, with heavy metal plates trying to build an ejection seat. Um, and funny enough, one of our test dummies was a small John Cena doll. Um, <laughs> like how small? Like it, it was like one sixth size or once, uh, maybe like one, one seventh the size of John Cena. Okay. Okay. Um, like a normal human then. Yeah. And so the funny thing was, <laughs> yeah, one, uh, one of his like biceps. So it's like a, a small child. Um, <laughs> The funny thing was, we showed the clip of Tyree sa- saying ejecto cito cuz, but then we uh, couldn't say it on the actual episode because we couldn't get the rights to that clip. Oh, no. So it started out as like, all right, yeah, it's going to be a tie into the Fast and Furious. Maybe we'll get Tyrese for the actual thing. And then none of that <laughs> panned through. So we had to go back in ADR. Instead of saying ejecto cito, we had to say an ejection seat. <laughs> it was a great time it was a great time nice well hopefully we don't get sued by Vin Diesel and Tyrese for me saying ejecto cito too many times if Vin Diesel and Tyrese want to sue us they have to come on the show to deliver the <laughs> <laughs> oh that's how it deliver works deliver the okay. subpoena themselves <laughs> I, you know what uh, like Han I went to Japan because there's no extradition <laughs> I don't. I don't there think that's go. true. But uh, speaking of Japan, you also brought another game, Sam, from Japan. Yes. Uh, so this year and like the end of last year, I've been playing the Trails of Cold Steel series. Oh, I've no. talked about it a lot on the podcast. <laughs> I think I bullied Jan on Twitter to try and play it, and it worked. <laughs> uh Oh, uh, you've infected I'm, my mind. Uh, I'm in Trails of Cold Steel 3, and, like, the Cold Steel 1 and 2 are, like, an incredible anime, and they have an incredibly really good anime ending to Cold Steel 1 and 2. But then Cold Steel 3 is, like, set some time later, and it's, like, not a soft reboot, but, like, you start off with a load of new characters that you don't really know. And it's like, like Naruto in- Shippuden. Maybe. <laughs> I think by the time you get to Cold Steel 3... If you've been playing the Trail series, you're on like Naruto Shippuden four. Like you're, this you're is multiple Boruto, layers Bor- deep on that. Boruto yeah. instead of yeah. Naruto. <laughs> so you still play as Reen, um, but like it's a completely different setting. Um, a lot of time has passed between the first, the second, and the third game, um, and like. I, I don't want to talk too much about this because I talked for like forty five minutes about Cold Steel two once. Uh, <laughs> Um, after saying it would yeah. be like two minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like the um, Cold Steel 3 I was really struggling to get into it and I was kind of worried that I just wasn't going to like it after having played like my goal was to play Cold Steel 4 on release this year comes out in the end of October I'm like okay so I will get that I will get there 
and then I will be able to talk about it at Game of the Year, and I'll give this amazing JRPG series some like some credit or some airtime. That was like my goal in playing the series because I loved the first two. And then I was like, oh no, what if the third one is terrible or just that I can't get into it? Um, and then it just turns out that they, like after about 16 hours, they just throw all the old characters back in and get you straight back on the storyline. Uh, and it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I just the update is that I am now actively loving Cold Steel 3, the same as I did the previous games. Um, and all the character names are amazing. I met a character yesterday who is referred to as the Jaeger King. I love it. Uh, all right. And Bloody Shirley the Sanguine Ogre. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, is, that is a good name. I, wow. Bloody Shirley is the cousin of Randy Orlando. Okay, that is really good. That's a fantastic name. <laughs> yep. All the characters have great names. And they all they all have titles. Like, Randy. Uh, what, the what is Randy Orlando's title? Oh, he's just like a teacher, um, but everyone okay. likes him. I, I just literally okay. had to Google Randy Orlando because I need to know who this character is. He's extremely cool. He was one of the characters from the series of games that you can't play in the West. Um, but I basically watched the YouTube recap, and I feel fine. <laughs> I feel like Randy you know Orlando what? needs to not have sleeves. Yeah. Uh, I think he wears fingerless gloves with his teacher uniform. Oh, he in these pictures I found, he is definitely wearing fingerless gloves. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's fine. His full name is Randolph Orlando, and I don't know if I like that better or less. Uh, A lot of what's his middle name, Mister Randolph? I don't know if there's a middle name, but what if it was like Kenneth, and then his (laughs) ultimate was the Arceo? Fantastic. (laughs) Um, he has I'm, a I'm giant. Just saying. Uh, I think he has a giant axe. I think his weapon is like a pole arm axe. It every, looks like it's got a rocket on the end of it. That's that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, this is a game where it feels like it's in like a steampunk uh, fantasy universe, and then mechs turn up. So like, it's great. Uh, yesterday, I fought a giant magic mech, uh, and uh, the way that like. The main, the way that the main character like summons his mech is the, like the coolest thing ever, and you have you don't do it for like the first fifteen hours of the game, and then when it finally happens, I was just like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> Does right. it happen uh, uh, Titanfall style, where it just grabs you and puts you inside? No, there's like a teleportation effect essentially, um, but like he basically calls it down. And when they call, when he calls it down, it's like magic or something. And um, the camera angle changes every time that he calls it. So normally, like the camera angle is very normal and like straight on. And then he goes, "Valamar, I summon you!" And like the whole camera angle changes, and like you see the mech just flying down. <laughs> it's very cool. All right. Well, that's that's Cold Steel Three. You only have to play. That. Two two games to get there. That's uh, if you're a coward. Uh, <laughs> I have. I own real wet gamers to the, play the I entire tr- exactly. saga. I haven't quite finished the first Trails in the Sky game, but I own it and both of the sequels and that Crossbell game that I had to buy from a Japanese website that I had to translate and then install a translation patch to eventually play. 
Ah, so I just played Cold Steel 1, Cold Steel 2, and then I watched 20 hours of YouTube recaps to play Cold Steel 3. Well, I stopped mm. after no, the I... end of Cold Steel 2 before I played the epilogue, which is set in one of the other games. I don't, I don't even, I didn't even process what you just said. <laughs> uh, Jan, you said that Sam had somehow infected your brain and bullied you into playing these games. Similar to Pat. I have uh, purchased all of them and have yeah. played one and a half of them. Okay. You're ahead of me. Uh, um, uh, when did you Josh start this journey? Well, so I had the dumb idea of, um, since a giant bomb.com, a website about video games, since we're streaming around the clock, I thought, well, what if I just play like a JRPG for an extended period of time? Um, and then I thought, oh, what if I just voice every single character? <laughs> Because uh, the first one doesn't have voice acting. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that first episode was like two hours of me just doing a bunch of random voices. And then I, after I uh, stopped recording, I had to reevaluate in my life and uh, what I I value and my priorities. Uh, So I haven't really touched the first game since then. (laughs) And then I saw that Cold Steel 1 was on sale and I thought, well, why not? And I saw Cold Steel 2 was on sale and I thought also, why not? Um, and then sure. I eventually also bought three and have not popped into any of them, <laughs> except playing the intro to Cold Steel 1, which was fantastic, and I had no idea what was going on. Uh, All right. The intros for, for the Cold Steel games are always set halfway through the game. Like, I think the intro for Cold Steel 2 might be set like hours and hours and hours. Like, no, the first one, the intro for Cold Steel 1 is set like 50 hours into the game. And then the intro for Cold Steel 3, I haven't caught yet, and I'm 20 hours in. Wait, Sam, you said it's the the trailer or the intro movie is about like halfway through the game and it's 50 hours in? Uh, yeah, the first game took me about 75, 80 hours. The second oh. one took about 85-ish. And the third one, I'm told, is minimum 90 hours. Oh. Okay. Endurance run. Endurance oh, run. No. We can't. I don't think it's okay. It's not it's not on giant bomb content, so this it's okay. <laughs> You're safe. We wouldn't push that on you. Uh but while we're here, I do hear you're pushing something with your feet. Wow, fantastic segue. Wow. Ten out of ten. It's, uh yeah, I think I'm good at it. It's not segues. <laughs> oh goddamn. Still two wheels. Have you ever seen yeah. people on a Segway tour? They, they, it's never looked cool. No. I apologize to anyone that's ever been on a Segway tour. It's not You're cool. cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, I recently got picked up a Peloton with uh, my partner. We went uh, split seas um, in an effort to try and um, lose the quarantine shelter in place uh, yeah. weight we've gained. Um, and I've always had a little extra jam around the edges. The edges... I've been a little softer lately. Um, so um, in an effort to not go outside and to try and stay active, we, we thought this would be a, a good way to do it. And I've never taken a spin class um, and I've never had like a personal trainer type of deal. Like the, the closest thing I've had was like maybe when I was like um, in college and taking like a yoga class, like uh, or when, when I was taking boxing classes. Um, 
But I got to tell you, I was incredibly skeptical because I was thinking like, I don't need a freaking bike with the super positive fit person yelling at me. And then it turns out that was the uh, thing to fill the void in my heart that I needed. <laughs> um, I, I was like, I, I, I can't tell you how, how, how much I doubted that we needed this thing or that it would be useful because I thought it's going to be one of those expensive tech things that you buy that just winds up collecting dust after a while, right? Like when the Bowflex, yeah, exactly. When like the Bowflex boom in like the early 2000s happened, like I bet you there's a hundred thousand of those sitting in homes across the US just collecting dust with clothes on them um, and just super rusty. But this has been like pretty freaking neat, y'all. Um, and the instructors have been nothing but positive and I've liked like 99% of them, which I absolutely hate. And I don't know if it's like the inner cynicist in me just waiting. It's like, just say something dumb. Just say something dumb. I hate you. Just, just be dumb. I hate, ah, okay. I love you. Um, and I don't know. It's just, it, maybe it's like, a it's, uh, it's, it's gamified in a way where you have a resistance meter and that, you know, affects how hard it is to pedal versus your cadence, which is how fast you are pedaling. And then those numbers combine in some magical way to an output number. And that output number puts you onto some artificial leaderboard with other folks. And then I, at first I was trying not to look at it cause I was thinking like, you know, I got to work on myself and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as I start feeling more comfortable, I start checking out the leaderboards and then I'm just motivated to beat every single grandparent on that. <laughs> um, and Is so there's there like a feature profile picture so you can see the old ladies and like the young kids. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. so you'll see okay. like, uh, you know, someone super fit pose doing like a hot selfie, like in a bikini and like an, an eight pack. And then like mm-hmm. right beneath them, you'll see like uh, Beth from, uh, her retirement home on her mm-hmm. bike. Uh, and it's funny because you can high five people that are in the same ride with you. So th- there's uh-huh. live rides, there's on demand rides. And sometimes on the on demand rides, there are people watching along with you. So you can choose to high five them. Uh, but sometimes I will purposely not high five someone that has high fived me back because mm. I intend to destroy them on the leaderboards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gamer mentality. Yeah. <laughs> And you'll speak about what gamer I, I've been sweating so much. And yeah. I think this, uh, like I, I picked up ring fit recently and I was digging it. I was, I was really liking my time with it, but I was a little concerned that the game isn't really checking my form and I didn't want to build bad habits of like, okay, what if I'm not actually squatting correctly? What if sure, I'm yeah. just like, kind of totally. like dipping my butt down instead of like the full extension you got to be doing. Um, so I, I, I found this to be like a, little bit of a gamification of trying to get fit while at the same time instilling a weird sense of positivity in me that I, I, I almost don't like. <laughs> and it's, it is like a service game in a way, right? Like there is a subscription. Oh my God, you're right. It is. Yeah, it's like 40 bucks a month or something, isn't it? Yeah. I'm so I'm, jealous. We don't have space for one or else I would already have a Peloton. It's, but, it's fantastic. And like, I am by no means sponsored by them uh, unless they want to throw shoes at or fitness clothing at me. But that's the other thing. So I have wound up buying so much fitness clothes that I never needed before. Like I would just wear like a pair of basketball shorts from the eighth grade because I was, I was, you know, <laughs> yeah. big then yep. that still fits now. Right. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, do I need this like Vegeta workout tank top? <laughs> <laughs> like the compression shirt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Maybe I do. And then I thought like, do I need to buy this like singlet that looks like um, the Saiyan armor? Maybe. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, you do. Are you yeah. buying workout clothes or Dragon Ball merchandise? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I never too, the two I never knew that the two worlds like converged like that. The Venn diagram is almost almost one circle. <laughs> yeah. As someone who went to a bodybuilding convention, I can tell you it is exactly a circle. There is a Dragon Ball <laughs> protein powder officially licensed. What? what? <laughs> yeah, it's called like Super How? Saiyan 3000. It's great. I'll see if I can find why it. Is it which, why isn't it over 9,000? Like, what are they doing? Uh, that's that's I, good, good stuff. Yeah, you can't joke. Well, uh, earlier this year, like early on in quarantine, like April, yeah, April, I, I was doing some stationary bike stuff too. Nothing fancy like you're doing. Just I picked up a stationary bike from a friend who was moving out of the country for like 25 bucks. And then was using that to get in some like JRPG time playing mm. Final Fantasy VII, the original. And then I was like, eh, this is a little too slow. Uh, maybe throw on some Assassin's Creed. Just get some games in that I normally wouldn't play. And then I've fallen off of that mostly because I went back to work and then started some more like shorter fitness stuff. Because it's easier to fit in like 20 minutes instead of an hour of stationary bike. That's probably like part of the benefit of something like peloton is because i got a i bought a recumbent stationary bike too um part partly inspired by andre and like it was nice to have and i felt good using it but then i totally fell off too um and it's frustrating because it's i'm having trouble like getting motivated to get back on it and i think if there was that like competitive aspect and i was paying a subscription and stuff it probably would be a little easier to force myself to keep using it yeah, that's definitely been a motivating factor of, um, you know, like paying the 40 a month to have this like on live subscription service. And even though that the I, I've just been doing on demand classes, the instructor just staring at me and like telling me things and like forcing this positivity onto me, totally. it just makes me feel oddly good. So if you need someone to be on a FaceTime call with you and yell at you and just scream nothing but positive things at you, I'm your guy. All right. Well, All I'll right. pay. Can I pay you forty dollars a month? No. <laughs> no. I keep the forty dollars. I'll just have a bunch of pre-recorded things, and just you like, can... all right. When you feel like you need to push more, just click the thing that says Jan push more. <laughs> all right. You could, you could make a like a soundboard, or you could start a cameo. God, I cameo is the best and worst thing in the world. It really is. Oh. Yeah. Have yeah, you seen that's... the? We don't have to go on a cameo tangent, but have you seen the the one where Mark McGrath broke up with that this this girl like needed to break up with her long distance boyfriend, and so she paid Mark McGrath, and I think it was like his first video to break up with him, and it's just Mark McGrath being like, ah, Stacy uh, loves you, man, but it's just it's just not working out for her, buddy. Uh-huh. And you got a lot of stuff going on for you, and that's going to be really exciting. You're going into your your sophomore year of college. God. Everything's going to be great, but Stacy says it's just you and her are done. <laughs> if you were to pay a, a celebrity to break up with um, your significant other or like a, an ex relationship, who would you pay? 
Gilbert Godfried. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, Bobby from Queer Eye is on cameo, and I feel like that's that's pretty good. Does it have oh. to be somebody He'd on be really cameo? Nice. A- any any celebrity? Any celebrity? Any celebrity? It might I think be. Dan Reichert's on cameo now, right? <laughs> he's a celebrity. Of course he is. <laughs> I've, almost, I've almost bought cameo from him like a thousand times because they're like thirty. He's only had it for nothing. like he's. He's had it for like two weeks. What do you mean a thousand times? <laughs> when you have a baby, two <laughs> weeks is like seven years. Uh, uh, I, well, my girlfriend's Japanese, so it'd probably be some Japanese celebrity, like maybe one of their, uh, I don't know, one of the more famous comedians, get like uh, Hamada or Matsumoto from downtown to do it. It, it might be John Cena from. Oh wow! I'm trying to think of a better one than John Cena, but I keep coming back. I keep coming back to Cena. Uh, you know, at least he could put throw in. Some, he could Cena could throw in some like positive like affirmations, like never give up. Exactly. You know? Like yeah. you know, it's okay. Stick in there. Uh, you'll, Andre, you'll come back. I, I, if you're going for Japanese, why not just have like some version of simple and clean? Um, <laughs> From uh, that, I, I don't want to. Ru- I wouldn't want to. Single ruin and clean. Itata Hikaru for my partner. Single and clean. Oh, <laughs> and clean. wow. <laughs> I mean, is that like you know when you break up with someone, don't you want it to be simple and clean? Yeah. You do, uh, but I don't want to like have to associate. I love that song. I've loved that song <laughs> for like you know over a decade, and I don't want to like tarnish it's your sanctuary. It. Yeah, it's it my sanctuary. By Kingdom Hearts three. No, because it's not in Kingdom Hearts 3. No, the song in Kingdom Hearts 3 is extremely good, though, and we don't have to relitigate that. Just that know the, that I'm right. Is that the Skrillex one? The, yes, hell yeah. Is that the, the opening one? one. I, I like it until it gets to the me? I like it until it gets to the Skrillex. I don't like Skrillex. Oh, the Skrillex the, part's the, great. The ending song. No, it's, it's the ending song is also good. Uh, uh, but, but anyways, how about for you, Jan? Who would who would you choose? Oh John Cena is a good it's a good pick. Oh boy. Um I feel maybe like Barack Obama <laughs> because like wow, you you got a former president to do this. All right. I'll save this at least. You can't even Respect. be mad at that point. <laughs> you yeah. give him a good story. You give him a good story. Yeah, and then like he'd he'd started with like my you know his my fellow Americans and then he just like gets real personal and looks he like puts his uh knee on the chair and goes like, "Well, Jan just wants to let you know it's not working out. And then I need, I, I'd pay extra to have him just like recite simple and clean because now that's <laughs> if I ever end any uh, relationship. When you other, walk away, you don't <laughs> hear me say. Oh, no. oh. Okay, now I need to find a Barack Obama impersonator. <laughs> yeah, let's make get this happen. Key and peel to do. This yeah, is okay. getting Simple really expensive. <laughs> I, I changed my answer. I'll get Keen Peel to do it as Obama and his and, anger um, yeah, interpreter. Okay. Oh God, yeah, that's that's perfect. Honestly, yeah, the so Pel- many layers. The Peloton sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> you see now how we have three-hour podcasts. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, we have see. Fun. well. Um. Oh boy, I just don't even know where to go from here. Um. You, up, but, I've I've never heard of Erica's thing. What Erica? What is what what is Twinfold? I've never heard of this. Um. Okay. So Twinfold. 
Um, it's I just found out it's on Steam, but it's, it's oh, a I've mobile game um, mostly, uh, I think. And it's like threes, but a roguelike. Yeah. Um, but it's Sick. really fun. So like, I've been really, really busy this week with like paper writing. So I haven't been playing anything except in the bathroom. <laughs> and this is the game to do that. Um, it's really fun. It's like the way it works is you're kind of like, you know, squishing two numbers together, but they're like little bold guys instead. Um, mm. And when you do that, first the number gets bigger, but also um, the like the layout of your grid changes too. And usually a new enemy may pop up, or um, and there's usually like a hole somewhere on the board too for you to drop some enemies into if you want to. Um, it's like it's very cute. Like I'm not usually a roguelike person because I don't have the patience for oh, now I have to start over. <laughs> but this is like one of those ones where it it's very quick to pick up and it's kind of quick to get going again. Um, all the enemy types are interesting. Like I like the, the sounds in it too. <laughs> the sound design is fun. I, I don't know. I, there's not much to say about it except that it's very cute and it's like $4. So it- that's in my price range. If I, if I recall, it's interesting the way it introduces its like different mechanics because yeah. it like kind of unfolds with complexity as you play it. It um, does. I remember it like like there's like a tutorial at the beginning and then at some point he's like, So that's most of it, but you know, I could probably tutorialize more of this, but I'm just not gonna yeah. <laughs> so, Which cool. I can respect, but <laughs> they, like and and figuring it out is fun, like Every time I, I see a new enemy type, I'm like, oh, crap, what does this guy do? <laughs> and yeah, the, for the most part, like, there's only one enemy type that I just hate getting and dread getting all the time. And it's, like, one that, like, pushes you. <laughs> like, the rest of the time, you're pushing everything else, and this one will push you into stuff. And that's, like, the only one I just, like, cannot deal with and hate whenever I get there. But it's usually a little bit later into a run, which is, of course, when you don't want it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's really it's it's fun. I like like a lot of the the choices for like um your skills that you get um are like things like, you know, just you can float over the holes. The the guys you swipe together can float too. That's like another one. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very much a good bathroom game. It's a good like I have five minutes before I got to get on this thing for school and I just want to wait for, or if you know, people are late to stuff and you got to just like wait for everybody to come in and whatever. But like, that was not a dig at Sam. Sorry, Sam. (laughs) 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 When Sam's late to the podcast and you have 10 minutes to, to spare. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's cute. I like it. It's a good before bed game too. I mean, yeah. as long as you have the self-control to say, I'm done now, and not start another <laughs> well, like, that's well, the so thing you're not too, good at that, so. <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's what happened to me last night, and, it's like, and then I, I got, like, my, I was having my best run ever, so, like, I just could not go to sleep at that point, because I yeah. had to keep going, so. That's why. Yeah, that, that's not the best in that case, but, 
why I have not been playing good Sudoku because I played good Sudoku. In oh bed, man, I've been playing, playing that game Sudoku too this week. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about it for like two seconds? I'm sorry, it's not on our list, but like, yeah, yeah. But I really like good Sudoku. Also, <laughs> it's like it's, it's good. It's, it's good. very good. It's really good. It's really satisfying. Um, I don't love all of the directions all the time. Like I feel like sometimes like when it's like teaching me something a little bit more complicated, um, I end up having to look it up myself because it's like, because of this square, these do this. And it's like, why though? (laughs) Why because of this square? And that's my only criticism about it. But I love the sound design on that too. It's got like a lot of fun cash registered noises that are really satisfying and wonderful. The UI is very chunky too. In a way that I like. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was just looking up good Sudoku because I haven't really heard of it and I didn't realize it was made by Zach Gage. It was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So also free, but I paid for it because the ads are longer than it took me to do most puzzles. Oh yeah. Beginning. Yeah. I I ended up paying for it too, because I was just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's the type of game where I, I, I don't feel bad about paying the money. Like there's yeah. certain mobile games where you're like, uh, this is, feels kind of cheap, but this is just like, here I made a good game. You can pay for extra stuff if you want. So, yeah. and like My, nearly yeah. unlimited content, like more, more, oh, more than yeah. celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like looking through all of the like the number of puzzles in in each of the categories that are already there, and it's like there are a lot of puzzles that are yeah. in this game. Yeah. It's apparently was made because Zach Gage and the I forgot the name of the person that Jack Schlesinger. Uh, yes, yes, they were both interested. The story I heard anyway was that they were both interested in learning Sudoku and learning like the more intricate elements of Sudoku beyond the surface level. And there just weren't any good apps that did it. Hmm. Um, and so that is why they made an app called Good Sudoku because they wanted there to be a good Sudoku app. <laughs> This is uh, that. It's very good. Yeah. They're, they're very literal with, like, he's very literal with the games he makes between that and ridiculous fishing. Yes. <laughs> really bad chess. Really bad chess, right. too, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I miss ridiculous fishing. I wish that it wasn't just lost the annals of iOS updates. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our next person today. Uh, let's go with Alex. What did you what did you bring to the class today? Oh boy. Um so <laughs> let's go for the one that you and I have definitely played, Andre. I think Pat has also played this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh I put a bit of time into Mixolumia and Oh, this is neat. Yes. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about it last week. It's uh well Andre specifically was talking about it last week. It and dropped like a, an hour and a half before the, or two hours before we recorded. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh and it's something that I think we as a group have kind of been watching uh like the the development of via that Twitter thread, which I think we've also linked uh since. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think the Verge ran a story on that thread too. Yeah, I did see that, which is super awesome. And uh Dan the creator like like looked at it and was like, what? I wasn't expecting anyone to look at my Twitter like this. Now I'm scared, but also this is rad, <laughs> but what? Um, but yeah, no, the very short version, uh, if anyone hasn't heard of it and didn't listen to last week's podcast is it's a puzzle game. It's uh, you're basically, it's taking place inside what you can consider a diamond 
uh, or, yep. you know, like a, a gem or something. So it's not a, a flat bottom of some sort. <laughs> yeah. So like take a square, turn it 45 degrees and then it's yep. like the bottom is not flat and everything you're doing is kind of at angles. Uh, and then it's kind of like a Puyo Puyo, uh, or even a Dr. Mario in some ways in that you're always getting the same shape, but it's the different colors inside of it that matter and you drop it down and then it'll I'll fall in different nice. angles. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool because it is a totally new kind of puzzle. Like it's not cribbing from Puyo. It's not cribbing from Tetris. Like, uh, you have to kind of rewire your brain when you're thinking yeah. about it a little bit. Cause you're yeah. learning a new puzzle. You're like, Oh, if I was playing Tetris, I would totally be trying to set up something on this side. Or if I was playing Puyo, I would be setting it up like with these alternating colors so that when it all falls down, it's like, Oh, boom, 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 boom. But that kind of works here, but not exactly. So like my first couple of rounds, I was like, oh, I'm getting this. And then all of a sudden I was at the very top and lost. I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, as you get a hang of it, it's really fun. It's really cool. Uh, the sound stuff is really interesting in that like you yeah. can add custom sound packs. Andre linked to the one, uh, I think, where it was just like a bunch of air horns and guns and stuff like that, which well, I thought was whenever they They had like some music and then whenever you dropped the block, they didn't have anything for that yet. So they just put in a gunshot for when you drop the so, blocks. <laughs> I need I just realized that I need a sound pack that is just sicko mode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But in that puzzle. <laughs> uh, I wanted so to last. Oh. I Pat, wanted to yeah, play that like that like bass drop as I'm dropping pieces. Uh, so part of it is, as Alex mentioned, people can make sound packs for the game, uh, and there's like very robust documentation uh, on the itch page where you can read about the process and how to do it. And like uh, two hours ago, the creator sent out a Twitter thread saying, "Well, here's an embarrassing story." Someone would message me saying that my documentation is wrong because <laughs> they wrote it for how they thought that it worked and like how they like envisioned it in their head, their programming all working. And then they're like, this is, this isn't working right. And then they went back and tried to check out the programming. They're like, this, this isn't what I said it was. And they tried to put it, make it how they said it functioned and it doesn't work right. I have to, I have to change the documentation, not the code, because it just wasn't coming out sounding right. That's Very amazing. Interesting. That's super funny. And, and as a coder, they added I can this relate. sentence to the they <laughs> added this sentence to the end of the documentation. The way this happens is through magic and nonsense, and no one should attempt to understand it. Yep, that's, that's game development, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And also, like. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that is game development. I'll talk about that in my next game. Um, but also, they have a really cool thing where you can make your own custom like color color schemes and stuff like that, basically yep. through uh, editing like hex codes in a JSON object. <laughs> so like it's it's a weirdly modular game like that you can just kind of customize yep. to be however you want, and yep. it works really well. Yeah, I. Totally worth supporting. Um, awesome developer and a really cool little puzzle game. If y'all and have, like, we always like to talk about too. Um, that modular stuff is true from an accessibility standpoint as well, um, because you yeah. can pretty much change all of the rules of the game to suit whatever is comfortable for you, both in mode select because they have several different modes, including one that's just like a chill, like just play and it's endless, and there's no fail state. But then you can also 
drill into the options and actually change like the time, the score it takes to increase the speed. You can change all of that stuff, which is super, super cool and like makes so much sense in this kind of puzzle game. And it's wild to me that I hadn't thought of that before as a thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's awesome. Super cool. So yeah, Mixalumia. Uh, we can probably leave it there. We talked about it a lot last week. Um, yeah, it's the, good. Yeah, the, I'm glad yeah. you'll like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm probably going to continue playing it. It is a good, kind of like Erica said, a good pick it up for five to ten minutes and then just set it aside for whatever else you need to do with your with your life. So, uh, however, it's not on phones. Maybe it will be someday. Um, but the other game I brought is uh do you remember i don't remember if it was like a month or so ago we talked about iox2 which is the indie obscura thing mm-hmm. and um there was a, probably a list of like five or six games that i had brought i was like oh these all seem really interesting like they have a lot of promise maybe it'll be really good and worth checking out and the game i brought was one of those it's called into a dream um so quick, quick, what is that game? Uh, if you haven't seen that or haven't heard us talk about it, it's this stylized kind of side-scrolling, walking semi kind of thing with puzzly platformy bits. And it's kind of silhouetted. So like you can think of it like inside or limbo in that way. Um, but it also has this fully voiced narrative, which is kind of reminiscent of games like Forgotten Anne or maybe even The Missing. But... Uh, but the story itself, the story it's telling is the closest thing I can think of is like to the moon. So mm. to, okay. to go back on that, like the style of something like Limbo, story delivery of something like The Missing and a narrative hmm. like to the moon, which pretty cool combo. And yeah, from like the trailers and stuff, I was like, yeah, that looks awesome. Um, and then the elevator pitch of the game's actual setup is that you're playing as a character who is a psychologist who has entered another person's dreams. And you are tasked with helping them find their way back to some kind of mental stability. So, you know, going into their dreams, there's your to the moon. Um, And to pull directly from the Steam page, uh, quote, you have been linked to the dream of Luke Williams, a man diagnosed with severe depression. You are Luke's last hope and must prevent him from uh, dramatic ellipses fading away. So, um... As the Steam page says, it's about mental health. Uh, in, I don't know, this year we've played a lot of games that talk about mental health, and a lot of them have actually been really good. Um, like, and it's, uh, yeah, like we, we, we grappled the topic quite a bit here and usually emotionally charged stories. So, uh, and this, this game, a content warning up front, I guess, it does talk directly about depression and suicide and things like that. And like, and speaking more meta level about the show, like speaking purely for myself, I know that I'm always willing to talk about my mental health struggles. Like I have diagnosed major depressive disorder and uh, generalized anxiety disorder and PTSD. So those are fun. Um, and they're, they're topics that are important to talk about and often stigmatized. And I think games after, like they often offer a fairly unique perspective in how they can tell stories about mental health because they're able to elicit empathy in a player because you're kind of inhabiting these characters and you're controlling them and you're guiding them through something. You're not passively reading or watching. You are actively controlling them. So the game itself, uh, Into a Dream, came out of, uh, came out of, was ejected from a solo developer uh, out of Portugal. Ejecto-cito, cuz. <laughs> Ejecto into a dream I bet that's exactly what he said when he put it up on Steam. 
Precisely. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, those. Is there? No, oh, sorry. Go for it. Instead of like a submit button, I wish it was just ejecto cedo cuz. <laughs> I'd get into game dev oh, yeah. for that. I'll add that to our code base. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, made by a solo guy out of Portugal. His name is Philippe Tomas. Uh, he did everything like coding, narrative, music, some of the voice wow. acting. The whole thing is voice acted. Wow. So there are other voice actors. Uh, but overall, the game is all him, so it's pretty ambitious. And honestly, there's a lot of really impressive work that he's put in. Like the visuals are often super striking. The music is really good. Uh, the narrative is non-linear in an interesting way. Like you're switching, like you're in a dream, so you're like going from the past to the f- like present, or what is what you think is the present. Then it goes further than that. Then it goes back to like childhood and stuff like that. So, uh, and the voice acting overall is pretty good, with some exceptions, but whatever. Um, so with all of that being said, and all that context, this is the part I'm going to have a hard time with, is that I don't think it's very good. Oh, no. In, in, in fact, I think it's actually pretty bad. Which, oh, everything oh. you said up until that point sounded really interesting, so this is bummer. Which, which is what I, why I, I wanted I to give... This tw- yeah, I, I saw I want, this coming. Yeah, I wanted to give it as much respect as possible, because like... I know how much work goes into making games as a solo dev. Like we've talked about it here before. I've worked full time as a solo dev. Uh, like I know how hard that is and balancing your time, like knowing when to compromise, knowing when to say this is good or, you know, this is good enough. Like um, <laughs> we could go into a whole tangent about game development, uh, but we'll do that another time. So like I get it. Um, that's why I personally have a hard time being negative on a solo developed game. But at the same time, I don't have many positive feelings about it other than the visuals and the music. Like, I, I don't want to go into too much time because we have a pretty packed cast as it is. And I could go on and on about it, how like playing it, the act of playing it is at best mediocre and <laughs> at worst terrible. Mm. Like, the control. So it is like the missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait for it, Andre. Like. The controls are bad. The jumping is bad. The puzzles are bad. Just everything about playing it feels bad, but like that's okay. I can excuse that. Um, there's a bigger issue, which does deserve at least a little bit of time for discussion, and that's that it isn't about severe depression. <laughs> and that is an issue because the Steam page very directly calls that out. And like you can Yeah, find- I, I looked it up once you started talking about it, and I saw like talking about depression. That's, yeah, that seems like, like kind of the draw there. Yeah, and that's where I have a problem with it. Like that's my main sticking point. Like the Steam page says it. Like you said, you can find some interviews with the developer talking about its merits as like a psychological piece about for people with severe and clinical depression. Um, and I think to market it that way feels a little bit disingenuous and kind of gross in a way. Yeah, which I was I was going to ask if like. It, Despite the the game part being a little bit poor, if it, I guess, acted like I don't know, cathartic in a way, or maybe it was cathartic for the developer. But it, you know, if they're kind of marketing it as a tool of dealing with depression or other mental uh, health issues, it's kind of uh, mm, mm. yeah. That's the interesting tough, choice. That's the tough part is because I think it is coming from an earnest place, and I've listened to a couple interviews with them just to kind of get the context. And it sounds like he is coming from a place. He's stated that he does not suffer from depression. So it's like, okay, that's fine. He's talked with people who have. And it sounds like it's trying to kind of be an empathy piece in that way. Um, And I just, the conclusion of it just doesn't 
tie together. Like the narrative is about someone who is going through a really hard time. Like they're going through loss and guilt and having all these feelings of being judged mm-hmm. for decisions they've made and stuff like that. And those are like the feelings they show are all really valid. Like, yes, you can feel depressed when you're in a situation like that, but that is significantly de- uh, different than saying it's about having clinical depression. Like yeah. situational depression, hundred percent a thing worth talking about but that's a lot different than severe clinical depression uh so like i'm gonna spoil the end of the game here a little bit sorry um but like the way it ends basically it it says that luke the character who's depressed gets out of his rough state uh he seeks out psychotherapy and medication and he's all better everything is fine and it's like now it is it, it is positive for a game to talk about the merits of like seeking help for mental health things that should be destigmatized and talking about it should be a good thing. And it does go out of its way to showcase things like cognitive distortions, which are real. Uh, You can read about that with cognitive behavioral therapy and stuff like that. But one of the things that's problematic to me is that, yeah, it just shows Luke just kind of getting over it. Like, yeah, like you spend, you spend some time with the psychologist and have some open conversations with the other people involved and he was better. And it's like, Oh, you seek help and now you're good. Yay. Like that's not how clinical clinical depression works and it shouldn't be. It'd be fun if that's how it worked. Yeah. Like it doesn't just magically go away with effort. Like it never goes away. And like, yes, sure. It does show up during bad times and emotionally stressful situations like the one in the game, but clinical depression is always there. It's there during the good times too. Like I have it right now. It's just very quiet and very under control. Like, uh, like it is good for a game to try and have the player feel empathy and compassion for someone who might be like feel down or uh, they're going through something you can't see, but to market a game as an empathy piece about clinical depression when it isn't that, that just feels wrong to me. And honestly, if it wasn't marketed that way, I probably wouldn't be bringing this up at all. I just would have written it off as kind of a, you know, a mediocre to maybe kind of a game, which is trying to shine some light on mental health topics without, you know, giving you too deep of an insight, but yeah, with, with how it is there, I, I can't recommend it. Well, Makes sense. Unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so that's into a dream. Unfortunately, probably don't play it. <laughs> well, it sounds like you unmatched that game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Pat, (laughs) tell us once again about (laughs) this this amazing board game. I don't think I actually talked about it last week. I think no, not last week, but you've talked about it before. But we've we've talked, we've definitely talked about it. Really, have once? Yes, yes. Well, I wouldn't have brought it again this week if I remembered that we talked about it once. It's okay uh, because the more you talk about it, the more I am fascinated with it. It's really cool. So, Jan, let me ask you. Who do you think would win in a fight? The Raptor Pack from Jurassic Park or King Arthur? Um, I value teamwork, so I'm going to say the Raptor Pack. Is it that's a is that's it a good, just King Arthur versus like it's how King many Arthur Raptors? And Merlin. King Arthur. Oh, okay, but Merlin that that's significantly awesome. changes things. That is Fair a big yeah. difference. I will tell it's, you that because King Arthur's uh, kind of lower tier in this game, the Raptors would definitely. Eat him up for lunch. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but uh, perhaps a, a skilled player could could win. No, I mean, if I talked about it a little bit before, then I've kind of gone over it. But 
Unmatched is this, um, it's a board game. It is not a video game. Um, currently you in can the, play it virtually though. Well, that's the thing is in, is in pandemic times, many board games have become video games through things like tabletop simulator and tabletop topia and board game arena. But I've been diving into it more and more. And, um, it's a board game where you have two characters. There's a bunch of different packs of characters. Some of them licensed. Some of them are just like from history and, um, or from like public domain fiction and you smash them together. So like, Invisible Man and uh, Bruce Lee, for example. <laughs> um, <laughs> really wild combinations of characters, um, really beautiful art and stuff. Uh, and the thing that I have been diving into that's been fun is they currently have a competition to have people design characters for Unmatched. You get to design two decks and um, submit them, and then the winners get paid, and they publish the four winning decks in a box set. Um, it's going to come with its own board and stuff like that. So um, it's been really fun and it's been fun to kind of come up with ways to sort of develop interesting characters for this. Cause it's very asymmetrical. Um, it's a game that's about like, um, you know, in the instance of the Raptors, there are three of them. Every other character is just like themselves with a little token for a sidekick. Uh, but the Raptors have to use teamwork. Like you said, Jan, uh, so it's been really fun. Um, and I have been uh, also playing it on Tabletop Simulator with some people. Um, and it is something you can actually check out for free if you have Tabletop Simulator. Um, and it's been really neat to think about game design from a perspective of like, oh, I don't have to worry about the coding parts and like the part, the parts that are hard for me. And I can just think of what would be cool. Um I don't think anybody else competing is listening to this podcast. So like the characters that I decided to do are uh, Jesse James and Paul Bunyan, (laughs) which uh, was a lot of fun to think about how you take Paul Bunyan and make him into uh, a a person that could fight King Arthur or a pack of Raptors. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. I recommend it if you're, if you're looking for something to like play with a friend, the, the, you do have to kind of be in a voice call to make it work on tabletop sim. It's not the kind of thing. It's not super, super automated. You still have to say like, I am doing this now. Um, but, uh, I would recommend checking it out. It's, it's also fun if you are in a situation where you are living with a partner, uh, if you can find the sets for it, um, because it's like a good two, two one-on-one game, as long as you can handle like playing against the person that you're living with. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun from that way. And uh, their next set coming out is uh, Buffy the Vampire set. So, oh, snap. Yeah. So if you have any interest in uh, in Buffy the Vampire, it's got like Angel, Spike, Willow, and Buffy in it. Say less, Pat. You just needed to say <laughs> Angel, and then I'm all in, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and since like Dracula exists in it, you can have Buffy fight Dracula. And stuff. Oh man. Okay. Doesn't doesn't that happen in Buffy? Like it's like yeah, Dracula, I mean, but yeah. Well, it's the Buffy version of Dracula. I've uh, only watched Angel and like yeah. two two episodes of Buffy. Like, what is wrong with me? Nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> I watched nothing. all of Angel, two episodes of Buffy. <laughs> They're both very good. You should um, also watch the rest of Buffy. Andre, I know what would get you to play this game, and that's if it had Master Roshi in it. Um, I mean, 
No, I'm not. I'm not a big Roshi stan. Like when he does, when he gets big, when Roshi get big, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm not gonna I, lie. But, he gets big, and I'm gonna not gonna finish that sentence. <laughs> big and veiny. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, God. I think you could have some Dragon Ball characters. One issue that people have run into when designing, everyone wants to like immediately jump to, to characters like Cthulhu for this design contest, and it's like, yeah, but the thing is. You have they have to be characters that conceivably fight each other. Um, mm-hmm. Like Sinbad the Sailor is one of the characters, and he is awesome in the game. Sinbad the Sailor probably not going to be able to fight like Cthulhu uh, <laughs> by himself. Well, I guess he has his porter with him as a sidekick, but probably um, can't fight Frieza. <laughs> it, it's not like an injustice situation where everyone's affected by some sort of interdimensional no. portal well, that makes them weak. One of the nice things about it is there's not really any lore, so I guess you could say mm-hmm. whatever you want. They they are coming out with a T Rex apparently. Um, oh, ooh. that is uh, their next Jurassic Park licensed okay. uh, uh, piece. Um, and what's cool about that set is it's a T-Rex versus Sattler. And uh, Ian Malcolm is the sidekick for Sattler instead of oh, that's cute. the other way around, which okay, I think is I like really good. Because they're super, they're super committed to, they've talked about how like they're super committed to trying to make sure that they balance the number of men and women fighters in the game. Um, and their last set, Coblin Fog, was like Invisible Man, Sherlock Holmes, Dracula, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So there were no women in it. And they're like, we're not... We don't like that we did this. Please forgive us. And um, so they were committed to like bringing to doing Sattler as like the main character with Ian Malcolm as the side character, even though the like thing a lot of people would probably think is, oh, you got to make the Jeff Goldblum miniature. Uh, (laughs) And it works very well. Um, They've also they're also doing things. um, They have some upcoming sets where they're working with uh, cultural consultants to make sure that the characters that they represent in the sets are um, like good representations of their historic characters. Cause they're That's pulling cool. from some places that are not, I mean, this is like a company based in Florida, but they're pulling from some places that are, they're not, they don't have experience with. Um, I think it's really cool. It's something that I'd like to see more in the board game space uh, because there's, there's like games out there like spirit Island that get the, the cultural references that they're making in that game, it's very much like um, Pacific Islander kind of indigenous peoples and, and spirit worship. Um, But the developer of that game actually has experience with that. So they can kind of like pull from that, but there's a lot of board games that do that and they don't get it right because people are like, Oh, you know, what would be cool is if we made a board game about Chinese medicine and we're a bunch of white dudes that don't know how that works, but I've heard some things on the internet. Let's go. Uh, so I've read about Sun Wukong once. Let's do the stuff. Monkey King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, on that on that topic, uh, if you were to create, we we heard Pat's uh, Jesse James and Paul Bunyan. If you were to create uh, a deck or a character for Unmatched, what would you go with? Uh, the major characters that Brendan Fraser has played. So you got person from the mummy, George, uh, of, the George of the jungle. I just watched that like two weeks ago. Still holds up. Uh, so good. That movie's so good. Brendan Fraser cinematic universe. 
Oh, dude, I was the BFU, one of our the BFCU. <laughs> it's not the first they, time we've talked about Brendan Fraser. Yeah, you're right. I think we had we had George's the Jungle Fix was the name of one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, I got into I got an it. argument. Uh, so sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, um, no, I think it, it's I, I, you. Oh, okay. I, I got into an argument with my partner um, that The Rock is the poor man's Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. And, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love The Rock. The Rock is probably one of my like all-time favorite sure. uh, wrestlers. But mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, could you imagine Brendan Fraser in Skyscraper with a fake leg? Yes. Exactly. Um, More so than what? I could imagine The Rock in it, and The Rock is in it. <laughs> What if in Fast Five, instead of introducing The Rock as like Hobbs, it's uh, instead Brendan Fraser? <laughs> Brendan Fraser in Fast and Furious would be amazing, and that should still happen. And yeah, somebody learned funny, a deep fake. I was <laughs> I, I corresponded a bit with the developer of Unmatched to to make sure that Jesse James was like cool because they're trying to avoid like modern figures, um, and. Uh, he was like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. And I was also like, oh, I'm also thinking about doing the mummy, maybe. And he was like, yeah, that's fine, too, as long as you don't touch the newer mummy film and you just focus on references to the original public domain one. But now I'm thinking, I obviously didn't go with the mummy. They should license a Brendan Fraser cinematic universe pack and just do all of those characters. Yeah. Get, and yes. it's just like you get like four Brendan Fraser miniatures. And, that would be oh, really man. good. And make sure that there's Ben from Scrubs in there too. Deep cut. All right. It's very, is, he's is good in Doom choice? Patrol. He's very good he at is. Doom Patrol. Is that your choice, Alex? The Scrubs? <laughs> no. Um, so, did, well, I was going to say these have to be real life figures, but then you mentioned Cthulhu. So, no. No, no. Yeah. They, they, don't they, have to be real. they, they can be fictional. They can be. And they, they have some licensed ones, obviously, with Buffy and Jurassic Park. So, um, back when I was deep in Dota, because that happened years ago. Um, God, yeah, there was I'm a character we talked about doing like fan fiction characters, and one of them was from an anime, um, from Madoka Magica. Oh wait, no oh, shit! Man. If I if I talk about it, it's going to spoil that anime. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're good, but also you, from my money, but okay. Anybody who doesn't want spoilers for that, take off your headphones, skip ahead thirty seconds. Uh, there is a character in that show <laughs> that can manipulate time. <laughs> and okay. yeah, I think it would be awesome if, if you could have a character who could like turn back the, the board, like one turn or something like that. Like the way we had it in Dota is like, if you could just move the game timer back like 10 seconds as their alt or something like that. And then, so what you want is a share pack. I don't know. Wait, like share as in like, do you believe in life after love? Share as in if I could turn back time. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, share. Let's let's we'll say share. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Share. You That's want share with Sunny as the sidekick. Listen, I know that they don't want uh, modern stuff, but share in Mamma Mia too. Could that be it? Because <laughs> oh, yeah, God. that is a whole mood. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, you you swung me around. Share. I, I want share. All right. Cool. I'll okay. I'll email the the developer who I now have a open email thread with. Yeah, <laughs> Allison. Uh, I mean, okay. Sharon, Mama Mia too. Just <laughs> okay, okay. Sam, you're muted. Are you on mute? Okay. Well, Erica. In the meantime, um, could we get like 
a K-pop license because <laughs> I'm Jimin thinking about like the scariest K-pop idols I know. Like Irene from Red Velvet is like number one for me. <laughs> I mean, considering how many Red Velvet videos are about like murdering people. Yes, like, right. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, only, it could work. The only difficulty is that you would, you, it, with the exception of the Raptors, everybody else is like one model miniature and then tokens for their sidekicks to differentiate who's the main person and who's the sidekick. So you'd need to to be able to really sell them on, I think, equal model representation for each member of a K-pop group, group which could get. Yeah, I mean, crowded. Irene's the leader, so we could have Irene, and then all the tokens can be like. I mean, Wendy's out. She's on. She got fucked up. She got injured real bad. <laughs> um, you know. Then then we could we just have Joy and Yeri. It's okay. It's fun. <laughs> Sam. Sam. Uh, the Phantom. Uh, That's a good poll. That's a good poll. Uh, he's not public domain, but he's old as shit. Um, and also Billy Zane, the actor who played the Phantom, from his appearance in Zoolander, would be my other suggestion. Oh, so it's basically a Billy Zane double pack. Uh, the Billy Zane verse. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good double pack because Billy Zane is great, and also Billy Zane as the Phantom. Uh, the Phantom has built-in backup. He's got Garan. Uh, there's a good generational mechanic. Okay. Uh, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima right now, so I've got like Samurai on the brain. So like Nobunaga would be cool, or you can go Lubu. Lubu could just be too OP, they, It'd be impossible to, def- to I defeat. I think they should do a romance pack for sure. That would. Or. Scooby Doo. Oh, oh. Scooby Doo would be so good. Damn. Oh shit. And like the the yeah. figure on the Courage board, cowardly dog. That'd like, be oh. the, the figure on the board could just be the mystery machine. <laughs> Air Bud. The possibility. Oh, <laughs> the Air Buddies. Yeah, the possibility is really. Yeah. Oh, you got man. you got the Raptor Pack. You got the Air Buddies versus the Raptor Pack. Who wins now? <sighs> I'm gonna change my answer to just the money plane. From Money Plane. <laughs> <laughs> just Frasier, a Frasier pack. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, Only God. if Niles is actually the lead character, though. Yeah. And uh, how about Stuart Little? <laughs> yeah. Little high, little ho. Yes. What's his yearly goal that depends on Fraser having a trailer? <laughs> it, he should just right, put together a Fraser trailer. Yeah. And Done. for for con for for context. Sam works at IMDb. <laughs> uh, Jan, do you need to go? Or are you, oh, you good for a little bit longer? I, I'm good to keep rocking for. Uh, All right. Until I can't think of anything. Well, that runs as a rock. Okay. Scream directly into your microphone like a velociraptor. <laughs> okay. Whenever you need so, to go. Yeah. Just actually, <laughs> semi-related. Uh, a former coworker <laughs> huh? at uh, MythBusters 
for whatever reason, told me like, hey, Jen, you know what you should do with your partner one day? Just like when you're just cuddling and just watching a movie or just sitting calmly, you should just grab them by the shoulders and just yell into their face full volume. And then I asked him like, why would you, why would you do that? And um, he had said, well, it's a memory that you'll both share for forever. And just not explained. Just not explained. I mean, that's not technically they are wrong. On. Yeah. So, you know, if, if I wind up gripping like my camera and just yelling, I just want you to know. It's a memory we'll I all want share. All of us, it's a memory yes, we'll share. We'll all share for forever. It's like, ah, remember when he had Jan on and he just yelled? God, it was so romantic. <laughs> and then I'll leave the Zoom call. We'll never forget. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, well, in that case, we can move on to the hottest new release. Persona 5 Royale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Allison. I, I, I was wondering if you're going to have that because it, the boss I just beat had me about screaming into my TV, but not in a romantic way, in a <laughs> why is this here kind of way. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Persona 5 Royal. Um, it's, it's really, really good, except that the boss I just did was kind of excruciating, and to beat it, I had to somehow... Like, for some reason, I had to turn up the difficulty to the highest difficulty, because apparently that's the strategy, going strategy for this boss, um, which that's, I was not that's, expecting. That's buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> this is about, like, the halfway point, too, in the game, Yeah, right? yeah. And so, up until this point, I'm playing on normal, so it's like, yeah, it's 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 easy, but I don't necessarily want it to be... A hard game. I'm, I'm I'm mostly playing it for the story and characters and everything. Um, and then suddenly this boss starts completely destroying me. Um, do you think I could? It's been out long enough that I can spoil the boss. Yeah. Okay. So the the boss is from the uh, Okamura Palace, um, which is pretty. Which is basically midpoint of the game. Um, like you said, that's the spaceship B one. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah right. uh, which is uh, like the design of the palace is cool. I like I like it, but I like spaceshipy things. So, you know, that was fun. Um, and the whole story of at this point is that this boss is uh, uh, is literally a boss who's overworking his employees um, and basically abusing him for his food uh, empire. So in the battle. Uh, he is bringing out waves of enemies, and but the thing is, is that if you uh, get their health down too low, they'll run away. But you have to defeat everybody in that particular wave before you can move on to the next wave. So there are like multiple scenarios where they'll run away, and it will make you repeat that wave. It's either like you. Uh, you're going in for too many turns. You've defeated one, but you haven't defeated the other three. Or you get their health down too low, but do not defeat them. And I was just like trying every single strategy a million times over, not sure what I was even doing. And so I decided to uh, like look up strategies because I knew people, other people had talked about uh, it being a frustrating boss battle. And then apparently... The going strategy is that you have to set it to the highest difficulty because that uh, um, maximizes your damage. 
So you have to just be really good while playing it. But th- that deals with some of the uh, weird wave nonsense in the game. So that was, I, I-, I was not expecting that to be the strategy I needed to deal with. But so other than that, it's it, a good game. <laughs> it's basically the Whitney's mill tank of Persona. Yes, but worse somehow. <laughs> Oh no! Just blew my mind with that comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but see, that's the thing, though. It's 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 different because when I was a kid, Whitney's Mill Tank, like I was in a different mind space, right, with how I played Pokemon. Yeah. Versus, you weren't dealing with a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) No. You didn't have so much on your plate. You were just a kid, and you went, "This is some bullshit." What what is this? Okay, but like the first the first time I played Pokemon was Pokemon Blue. And I just completely played the entire game with my Bulbasaur, like just being the only yeah. Pokemon I played. Yeah, exactly. Um, the correct way yeah. to play Pokemon. So I go to gold and I'm like, okay, uh, I, I'm, I'm not doing that. I, I'm smarter now. I'm all of like 10 years old or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and then I get to Whitney's meal take and I'm like, oh, this is this is not easy. Um. Yeah, but that, but but like now I'm like act, I've I'm actively trying to go through every strategy to get past this boss fight, and I absolutely can't without the this convoluted heightening the difficulty to max out my damage. So yeah, that's yeah, it's I don't weird. Know. That's weird because like just hitting a wall, like that's the part that sucks. Yeah. It's like oh, everything up until this point has been great. Like you mentioned in our chat that like yeah, I was beating the enemies before this. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I died a couple of times before, but it was always me being stupid. So it's kind of, you know, you'd, you're like, okay, I've died, but it was just, um, you know once, why? Like, it's not like, <laughs> right. It was once mm-hmm. I was like up against enemies. I did a, an attack on all of the enemies and then they all reflected it back at me. So it, I was like, yeah, that was me being silly and not getting that right. I get it. And then here I'm like, oh. Um, and, and then also just with the way that the Persona 5 boss fights are, you really, you can't exit out of the, the boss fights, really. Like, yeah. Because you have to send the calling card and do it that day. So I can't just go, mm, well, I will go and regroup and go uh, grind a little bit and get some extra items and things it's like oh no i need to figure out how to do this now so are you using a guide for the social link stuff not for the social links. like maximize your gains um and stuff? no not for the social links just i just use a guide for the homework questions <laughs> oh god yeah same <laughs> yeah uh i i just got uh i was number one in my class recently so congratulations glad, thank yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, but I just, yeah, I did (laughs) cheat. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I, the only thing I'm using a guide for is that, um, and there's the confidant link where you have to, uh, um, make personas for the link. Oh, yeah, like the fusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I've looked up guides for like, how do I get that one? Because I'm like, I have no idea how to get that particular persona with that particular move so yeah although i did 
I did literally just uh, go back two weeks in the game so that I could get my confidant rank with Makoto up so that we could go together to the school festival. So this is that so this is my life now, I guess. <laughs> no, I I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the same boat and it got to a point where um, I had to put the game down because I was playing it off of guides to maximize my social links mm-hmm. um, and then just not really caring about the battle so much that I, I had to th- think it's like, what, what am I playing this game for <laughs> if I'm just going by these guides to maximize um, my social yeah. links and whatnot? Um, you know, that being said, it's still a great game. It's fantastic. Um, but then I don't know. I feel like the gr- there's so much to do. It's so little time. So maybe it is like real life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm actively trying to force myself not to over um, maximize my time because especially like right early on and, and things start opening up, there's just so much to do. And then you get a text that get like five texts from people to hang out and you're like, I, I don't know, <laughs> who do I hang out with? So I'm just trying to play the, the social links and stuff by ear and just go, okay, I feel like hanging out with you. Let's yeah. do that. I, I was save scumming to maximize the little like ticks you get when you uh, pick the right choice in a conversation. E- and that was just extending my like time playing the game by mm-hmm. tenfold. Mm-hmm. That I, I just had to yeah. stop and just look up a guide instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Andre, as someone living in Japan, and I don't I know you're not anywhere near Shibuya, but is like in real life, have you taken on the Big Bang Burger challenge? Like do you have enough guts? Uh, I I have actually started eating less as I've been here, <laughs> thankfully for my waistline. Um I I'm trying to think if I've ever done an eating challenge like that. And I don't think I have. I don't think I've seen like a Big Bang Burger challenge. One time we came back from like summer vacation and one of the English teachers was sharing with in junior high school was sharing what he did. And he's like, I ate this two kilogram hamburger and it was just like oh my God. 10 patties. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he was, he was overweight. He was a large man, uh, like much larger than your average Japanese person. And I was like, how, how did you eat that? Yeah. And why would you do that for, for non-metric people? Two kilograms would be like, what, like four and a half pounds or something like that. Yeah. Roughly, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. He, he ate it all apparently. Uh, and I was just like, my man shock. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I went to hang out with Andre in real life in Japan for the first time. And we went to Universal in the Harry Potter section. Um, my husband ate such a quantity that Andre was like, oh, are you good? Like, <laughs> so I think Andre's the wrong person to ask about this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I, I, I eat like a lot. Sometimes I used to eat so much more and just like gorge myself. And like, I used to be of the opinion that if you weren't breathing heavy after like a meal, you didn't eat enough. <laughs> Oh, oh no! Uh, I've done know, the sweatpants like, oh, buffet that, before. So don't worry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm with, you know, you're like, oh, that that burrito, like, 
my heart hurts. My husband lives this lifestyle when we're on vacation. He takes this yeah. as a challenge. So. How does Tony Hawk skateboard? I mean, yeah, if you're on vacation, on vacation, you do like everything goes. Yeah. Well, speaking of eating a lot, I'm playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. What? And boy, do those people eat. <laughs> have you ever seen Goku eat? Yes, I have. In fact, he, he eats he eats a lot. Yes, he does. Uh, and that in this game, one of the first things you do is collect some apples and some fish for uh, Chi Chi to make you a bento. That is literally the first mission you do is collect some apples and fish because this is an open world RPG. Do you think it's good? And uh, I, I'm enjoying it. OK, I think part of that is because I, I legitimately consider like the GBA legacy of Goku two and booze fury games to be in my top 10 of all time. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this is, if this game came out on the PS two, it'd be incredible. Like it, when I was 10 years old, I would be like, this is my favorite game of all time. If it had, if it had come out in that time period, like the same game, it couldn't cause of like, you know, processing power and whatnot, but it's, that's, it's the same kind of open world, go get some weird quests from people, like level up and then you can punch a hole in this wall See, and get some because i think like, i want to play it for that because that sounds fun but everybody was like kind of don't pay 60 dollars oh, for it that's for sure um i think but the thing that's held me back from like console dragon ball z games since the ps2 and like the budokai budokai tenkaichi games is the combat just seems very shallow i really i loved fighters uh like two years ago that was incredible but with like Xenoverse, like Raging Blast, what everything that's come out since Tenkaichi basically has been has seemed really simple. I haven't played with it too much, but those games had like heavy attacks or kicks and punches and then key blasts and stuff. But in this game, you've got your physical attacks are just like the circle button or one button, then key blasts, and then your doing modifiers like right trigger and square to do like a Kamehameha. Whereas in the Tenkaichi games, you were actually doing like fighting game inputs. So this feels much more shallow in comparison, but because it's not a pure fighting game, I'm thinking I'm being a little more forgiving of that. Uh, The production's good. It like they have all the bright voice actors. I'm realizing because it's been so long since I've watched the show, like Oh, the voice actor for Kami is just the guy who does Vegeta. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, oh, oh, there's a little more of that. Maybe he's phoning it in a little bit here. But uh, seeing the goofy side quests that they have in where it's just like, go collect some deer and you're just like run up to them like T-1000 style and then like grab them from behind. (laughs) It's like, you got some beast meat. (laughs) Okay. Um, go collect six deer for Yajirobe. <laughs> it just shows how terrifying Goku is to a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you do this as Goku, you do it in like they switch you around characters. So I'm at the I'm just now at the Goku versus Vegeta hmm. section. I mean, um, I, but I just started today. I but. liked Xenoverse okay enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm I feel like I probably would like this game on sale because like xenoverse mm-hmm. is good in spots but also has the same kind of issues with having kind of shallow combat in, in places too yeah. so i don't know i've been kind of waiting for it to pop up on sale to pick it up and try yeah. it 
I got it on the Steam Summer Sale. I should have got the DLC, apparently, because the first the first DLC is the only one that's out, but it's got Beerus from Super, mm. and it lets you get the Super Saiyan God transformation, mm. and you can get that, like, immediately when you start the game, almost, or, like, very early. So then you can just use Super Saiyan God through the entire game, and it... <laughs> So you could be like Goku versus Vegeta and Super Saiyan God and things are trivial. But I have I I have to get further into it, but I'm enjoying my time with it. It's a good nostalgia kick. It reminds me of those GBA games, even if it's not as satisfying, whether that's because I'm not 10 or I have higher expectations on the new console or whatever it might be. I'd say a, a positive of this this game, and for me, there's not a lot of positives with this game. Um, but it's it's neat how they have little quests to flesh out um, little bits of story. You do run into like side characters from uh, the OG Dragon Ball, um, yeah, and you know all of it is framed within like everything that is going on is canon. So you meet like yeah. um, the Frankenstein, I forget his name, Ader. Ader, yes. Uh, you meet. I think there's multiple Frankenstein's, but yeah. Um, and then you meet some people that uh, you fought against in the martial arts tournaments, which is neat to mm-hmm. see. It's like, yeah. oh, that's what you've been doing this whole time. Yeah. So I, I would have liked if they had actually gone like, let's do Dragon Ball through Super. Yeah. Just like because at least in the West, we haven't gotten many Dragon Ball games. At least I've never gotten into them Mm -hmm. and i think part of that is i don't dragon ball wasn't nearly as popular as dragon ball z was but it always kind of gets the short shrift it seems in the games in the west if they they should make a service game like destiny they should that starts like with yeah original dragon ball and then they can just bolt onto it they could have a dragon ball initiative i mean that's xenoverse kind of yeah but they still xenoverse still is like chunked and then has like multiple games and stuff well yeah this is, it's well it's the xenoverse 2 and all the dlc they put I guess out for I that that's didn't what that play is. enough of it to see that stuff so maybe that is what i'm asking yeah, for there's so many dlc packs so maybe i should just play xenoverse 2 more <laughs> so which character should they have as a coach for the peloton bike piccolo you want piccolo yeah it's just it's yeah. just piccolo yeah. all right yeah so get piccolo, piccolo in there that's and that's then he's the gonna like uh, he he's gonna wave his hand at you and you're going to be wearing piccolo athletic yeah. gear he, just, he points his fingers yeah. at you and a laser beam shoots out of your screen and hits your wallet changes your clothes and then you have <laughs> they should put- i feel like vegeta would also be a a, a tough but a good trainer yeah yeah oh yeah eventually he'd I say i love you cameo <laughs> <laughs> scream at you a lot first though yeah. Would, yeah, and then your bike would explode. <laughs> you would place his bike man. <laughs> <laughs> he would place his hands on your shoulders, scream at you full volume, <laughs> and press down, <laughs> and and then eventually take you to a theme park that he promised. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I think with that, that's going to wrap up our game talk, and we'll get in. To the most exciting news of this past week and i think we will also jan did you hear that halo infinite we, got delayed we will also be bidding adieu <laughs> real quick jan. before i i bid adieu to uh yeah. all of you who are who are now my my now family uh yeah i need you all to know that halo infinite is delayed 
and um, oh wait, my god, <laughs> wait, what? It's delayed. <laughs> I mean, good delayed. on the developers, but um, suddenly this fall and winter, if 2020 was not already looking a little dire, it's looking a little. Uh, what's what's gonna happen? You know. <laughs> I know a lot I, of folks. I can't see your halo. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of folks are, uh, you know, on on both sides. There shouldn't be both sides. We're all just here to play some games, right? Um, mm-hmm. They're all thinking. Uh, I forgot where it's going to go with this. Never mind. This whole e- epic thing that I was building up, it's gone. <laughs> Forget it. I Much lost like my Halo is gone. That's, that's even the better. Twenty release calendar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't got Halo. I got full family. circle. There we go. Wow, full circle. There's plenty of. Plenty of time to play oh, Trials of Cold Steel Like a Halo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On your shiny new thing every Halo PS5. fan wants, Trails of Cold Steel. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if they gave it a shot. <laughs> Halo fans? Yeah, totally. There's a lot Halo of Halo fans only want one thing and it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a shield what goes randy orlando could take on master chief randy orlando is the name He's, of a character that should be in halo uh, yes, or that the jaeger king uh, one of the other characters is called xeno the trap king uh, no, the, the trap king xeno the trap master and oh, leonidas no. the behemoth okay man okay. Yeah, these friends. are all, all names right. of brutes that master chief could be fighting yeah <laughs> the biggest yeah. the biggest brute of them all brian david gilbert a monster. It's <laughs> a good video. I, I watched that Brian video. David Gilbert sponsor our podcast. Come on our podcast, Brian David Gilbert. Yeah. Uh, I watched that video. I was like, maybe I should read some of these Halo books. Oh my God. Well, before we give Jan, if you want to give Jan any more bad ideas, here's the thing. <laughs> if you want to start a book club, I'll think about being on it. If it's about <laughs> the Halo books. Oh boy, you're Jana. writing checks. Your butt will have to. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, challenge the people on this podcast to do something ridiculous. <laughs> to, to I'll do it. People that we like to talk to <laughs> us more. <laughs> just one though, and oh, just it can't one. be the okay. first or the last. It has to be one of the middle ones. Well, I've got to read okay. like 17 Halo books, and then you're in. <laughs> yeah. oh, God. <laughs> Is there a Halo well, comic book? Thanks for joining okay, us. I gotta Jim. leave. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm cutting you loose. I don't want. I'm not going to do this to you. This I'm not going to let you do this to yourself. Uh, tell you, do not Google <laughs> Halo comic book when you leave this call. Oh, too late. Uh, th- thanks for joining us, Jan. Yeah, thank you very much. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me, friends. Uh, if people for some reason don't know who you are. Who are you? Where can, where can they find you? Uh, I am Jan Ochoa. I am a video producer at giantbomb.com. We, uh, it's a, we're a website about video games. Majority of the time, we have a hit podcast, uh, not to uh, ape your podcast, but the Giant Bombcast, Tuesdays live, generally at uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, you know, we play a bunch of games on the internet. It's, it's weird times. We're streaming all the time. We're streaming all the time. <laughs> one, one can say Giant Bomb Infinite streaming. Oh, my God. Oh. Infinite squared. Infinite squared. Um, but yeah, uh, I on Twitter, I am, I think, at underscore Jan Jerome. I don't tweet anything remarkable or anything of value. But if you want to just, you know, 
I don't know, follow me for whatever reason and join me on this journey. Of, tweet about the Halo books. Yeah, yes, yes. We're starting an online. No, I'm not going to say that uh, because once you say something online, <laughs> you it's have to do it. Etched. It's true. You have to do it. Like, I can't yeah. tell you the number of dumb ideas, uh, one off ideas that I've said to Ben in a video, Benjamin Pack, uh, in a video or a podcast that one person has latched onto that I feel forever indebted to do before. Uh, I, you know, it, it is in my mortal coil that mm-hmm. I have to do it. Like there's mm-hmm. a, a dumb amount of ideas and food items that I feel like Ben and I have to make. Like, uh, I have a post-it note here that says soup hot pocket. I don't know what that means. And I don't remember where that came from. <laughs> oh man. I, th- I think you could do that. If you get like Place some of those, uh, yeah, it's like, like exactly. Omoto well, extrose powder things, you like throw that and like, get it all. It's like a soup it's like, yeah. It's going to take a soup dumpling. It's a uh, Xiaolong Bao, something like that. On the same, uh, on, on the same post that I have hard chowder. <laughs> that, see, when, I, I listened to that episode that and yeah. I thought I, I was thinking like a Mike's hard chowder like an alcoholic <laughs> that's chowder what I was that's what I thought too. Too. and that's well, no. like when he first said it I was like Mike's hard chowder no. I mean like a chowder you, bar but okay I mean, but you, before I leave s- can I can so, I uh, peel back the curtain and some inside baseball yeah of course mm-hmm. of yeah, course yeah. Um, so Ben and I um, we, we have a cooking show on giantbomb.com uh, and um, there's a, a, we had planned to do an episode before quarantine had happened and it was supposed to be a combination of doom eternal and animal crossing. And what we were thinking of doing is, uh, making Isabel in like, uh, the doom armor, but covering it in a chocolate sphere. And we were going to pour hot magma like hell yeah. onto the sphere and reveal an island. And we had everything set up, and that's when Jeff Gersman had said, "All right, we're going to start working from home." Aww. So, oh, that's brutal. We have a, we have. Like, I, on the one hand, I'm glad for your guys' safety, yeah, but on the course. other hand, I desperately want this to be real. We so we have a pack of balloons, multiple chocolate, and like uh, Isabel Abibo sitting on my desk that I can't get to. <laughs> Well, people just um, have to wait, and until then, can just look at sixty-nine. Be, what is it? Your sixty-nine bread? Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, I my bread adventures have just gone exponentially <laughs> dumber and dumber. <laughs> but thank you for having well, me on your podcast. Maybe, I yes, I'm greatly honored, and we yes, we no, appreciate we, it. We are so lucky to have you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us once yeah. again. If I could hug all of you, I could. I would. But you know, social distancing. So I'm just gonna like yeah. politely wave and like aggressively nod. Yes, yeah. <laughs> at least six thousand miles between each of us. Yes, at least a single clap <laughs> all times. <laughs> I hope that didn't mess up the sync once you're oh, stitching this together. Oh, so I'm just no. gonna clap again. Oh dang it! Oh, no, I'm just oh, messing everything oh, up. Oh boy. Yeah, the video producer, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks and have a good one, Jan. Bye. Bye. And now the news. Well, as we discussed just before Jan had to depart, Halo Infinite got delayed. Yeah. A mere three weeks after they finally showed off gameplay and Keeley would not stop talking about it. And they hyped it up so much 
Yeah, and and, and how much of that Series X stream was about Halo Infinite? Like, I mean, the first that's, fifteen minutes. It's also how they heavily marketed it. They're like, oh, it's, come they, check out this they stream. Announced it. They've been showing this game for two years now, uh, and they last year announced it would be launching with the Series X. Oh, excuse me. Uh, so it's. You know, it's going on two and a half years marketing cycle and delays happen. I understand why they delayed it. It's just wild that it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Sam being the prophet of the future did predict this accurate. I mean, it wasn't entirely accurate because it wasn't the event you were talking about that ended up with a delay. Yeah. But still, like, Sam, how do you feel as the prophet of our generation? Um, as I'll now be referred to as Nostrasamus. Um, oh god that's a nintendo thing that's, that's it. you can't say that you could be Sam yeah there we go uh yeah so i don't know why i thought it wasn't gonna be ready but i just like i literally was like oh i don't we've not seen this game at all and it's meant to come out in this much time and uh three four three does not have a stellar halo reputation from four and five uh and it's I just, been five like, years since the last halo game the fact that it's five years and they're like, mm, we do have to delay it, seems like that game is in trouble to me. Uh, I yeah, think that game's not going to yeah. be particularly good I, I or reviewed very well. If pandemic hadn't happened, I I don't know if we'd be in this situation. But it, the story around it has been interesting. The stuff they've talked about, uh, like the reception to that uh, to that reveal was mixed. There were a lot of people saying it looks like Halo. It doesn't look good. Like visually, it doesn't look good. Uh, stuff like that. So they were kind of getting hammered either way. The Brute was just absolutely getting clowned on. Phil Spencer came out and said, he's our mascot now. <laughs> but interestingly, on Wednesday, Phil Spencer did a show with Gary Whitta, uh, Animal Talking where he talked about, uh, excuse me, uh, Phil Spencer talked to Gary Whitta and said that they considered releasing the game in parts, which was one of the mm -hmm. rumors that was kind of going around about like the multiplayer not launching with the game. Yeah, weren't they suggesting that they were going to release the multiplayer at launch? So the rumor, the rumor was no, no. So the rumor initially was multiplayer was not going to launch with like the, the campaign, That's but then three four three came out. Three four three came out and said no, it is, and it's going to be free to play and 120 FPS. And but that ended up. That was like a week before this delay or two weeks before this delay. So they keep like having to change their messaging and like clarify things. And they go, actually, none of it's coming out at launch because they, they did consider doing a partial release. But then they said, no, we're just going to we're going to hold it all and then put it out all together as a complete package in sometime in 2021. They have not clarified beyond that. So I'm you having a bit next winter. Oh God, I don't even know at this point, but like, um, weird thing talking about this. Cause this happened shortly after we recorded last. So we've definitely had full conversations about this on our own. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know what we've talked about and what we haven't talked about, but 
The most important thing is the fact that this has such a huge impact on the launch of the Xbox Series X. Like, yeah, especially the launch lineup. Yes. Like, why would you buy one now? Yeah. Because I, I, so I, someone put it in a way that kind of made sense to me, which is, you know, PC people will be like, why would you buy a console? And then they, you know, it, that's just going to play the same games you're already playing, but better. And then they turn around and they spend $800 on a new graphics card that plays the same games they're already playing just better. Sure. <laughs> uh, so I think there is some of that same mindset, mm. but, and I, there are games. So one of the things that's been a talking point, I talk about this in the YouTube video I made. Uh, you can find that on the fix podcast, YouTube channel where, they talked about how all the first party games are going to be playable on both generations on like the current generation and the next gen for like two ish years. They haven't said exactly, but a few years, but not every game launching on the Xbox one or series, the Xbox series X and series S probably, which is going to get announced in like a week. I bet um, is like the medium and scorn, which are basically the two big exclusives they have right now are only on series X and series S and PC scorn. Isn't even on PC. It's only on the series series. If you, uh, look so at, they've got um, some stuff, but they don't have a first party like showcase game. Cause I don't think either one of those is going to be a big showcase, even though I think the medium looks like it could be, it's a $50 game. So I don't think it'll be a, showcase piece what about that rare game has that been announced for no that's they have said we don't know what this game is yet oh yeah you're right (laughs) sorry i forgot about that (laughs) forza as well got announced but with no date uh but when you look at the trailer it says specifically series x but doesn't say xbox one whereas all the other ones that play on xbox one say it so it's like does that mean the forza is two years away yeah Yeah, they said two years everything first party will run on xbox one yeah, and, but, like, and Halo, oh, sorry, Halo Fable has no Xbox One mm-hmm. logo. Oh, that's more than two yeah. years out for sure. That's yeah, yeah. And like they didn't even show a trailer. Really, that was just like a concept. Mm. But um, I wouldn't be surprised just if Forza's two years out. That one would be surprising to me for sure. But yeah, so me too. But like, no, I hear you. Yeah, but I would imagine about, that's next year. I'd hope, but yeah. So something I, about I think Microsoft. they've got nothing. <laughs> but yeah, something about Microsoft is that it seems like and we've talked about this like for probably a year, maybe two is that they're so moving into the service side of things. Like they don't care if you own the box, they just want you yep. to use game pass and all that kind of stuff. Um, and X cloud is being rolled up into game pass ultimate. We talked about that a few weeks ago, which is awesome. Um, however, I think they've also said that Xbox series X games, like it won't be Xbox series X, uh, in the back end for at least like a year until after the launch. Yeah. It's like, n- yeah, they'll be rolling that in over time, but it's not like right away instantaneous. So, so at launch, like I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Like Microsoft's messaging is so mixed right now. If you're heavily into the Microsoft ecosystem and you're on a, like a one or a one S still, mm-hmm. I could see like wanting to upgrade. If you're like, eh, the one, I'll just wait for the next gen on the one X. Like I don't need that because I'm going to be able to play all that stuff, even if it's not as you know not good. And it sounds like lots of rumors going around again, rumors, so nothing substantiated yet, that the 
PS5 does not run multi-platform games nearly as well right now because of like the unique hardware uh, stuff it's got going on. Mm-hmm. So developers are still kind of like the cell processor. P- developers are still trying to figure out how to best like utilize and work with it if they're doing multi-platform stuff because they're working across, you know, uh, Xbox and PS5 and maybe current gen stuff. So much so that maybe a game like Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village, maybe I think they said it's not actually Resident Evil 8, which is weird. But That's, um, yeah, I, as Capcom, that. I think, was out there saying it's not Resident Evil 8, it's Resident Evil Village. Whatever. Which is they, strange, they showed but, the 8 on, in that fucking yeah, trailer. Yeah. They, I don't they know. Really, yeah. It is Resident Evil 8 Village. They can say yeah. it's not. Um, so that is going to run maybe. It's a rumor, and we're still ways out. Things can be optimized, but 1080p 60 as opposed to like real 4K, which has been one of the big selling points of these consoles, is 4K 60. Um, so, and it sounds like Microsoft or the Xbox doesn't have that problem. So, if you're looking for a strong multi platform console, then that might be the way to go. Except that it sounds like Sony is also buying all the multi-platform games. So well, then they're not multi-platform. No, I know, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how many yeah, they're buy, they're buying. Uh, they're gonna be. Yeah, I mean, they're paying for a lot of exclusives. They're they're yeah. going for a lot of exclusives. To me, the multi-platform uh, platform of choice is still the PC, and obviously, it's a higher barrier, like a higher barrier of entry yeah. or to yeah. entry. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's more yeah, expensive, and also but... like more kind of complicated too, just because I mean there is an element of you know if you just buy. Uh, a console you you know what you there, there's limited options yeah for sure no, it's not complicated you just got to set your cpu priority to yes. high <laughs> um you, i mean uh, sorry, on, but. I, very quickly we don't have to get into it but like just for example last week i was extremely hard on the avengers beta on ps4 and i still think that it has plenty of things to be critical of but i'm playing the pc beta this weekend and having a blast because it plays well like it there's mm-hmm. no micro stutter the Visuals are way better. The motion blur looks way better. The reflections look way better. All the lighting is way better. And it doesn't, it feels much better. It doesn't feel soupy like I felt that it did on PS4 because it's running at a really high frame rate. So, mm. yeah. I don't like that you described a game as soupy. It's like <laughs> soupy's one of my favorite. No, yes. I, no, like I, I am okay with it as a yeah. descriptor, but. I don't. There's something about it, like a game as soupy that Spider-Man's just doesn't about sit to right swing with me. Right into the soup. Anyway, sorry, Sam. What were you saying? Uh, but like this, the interesting thing is that Microsoft does not make playing stuff on their console super easy. Like, uh, I have a Series X and I have a PS4 Pro, and if I put a disc in my Xbox One, like there is probably a sixty forty chance of whether I'll be able to play that that day. Uh, uh, whereas with the PS4 Pro, I feel like I'm like usually pretty good. Um, it varies. Like, I, I have it, had that problem with it, PS4 as well. So, well, like, sorry, the, is 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 the split be, is the forty split because like it needs to do updates out of the box kind of stuff. Needs to do updates and it doesn't do them automatically. Or gotcha. sometimes the game will just crash on launch three or four times before it launches. Yes. Wow, that's yeah. a bad. That's an Xbox problem. That's rough. Sure. I haven't heard yeah, of that. That just crashes constantly on the Xbox at launch. And like, so when I was playing Fast and Furious yesterday, I threw the disc in in the morning when it arrived and then like went in at night to play it. And it was like, I'd, I need a 30 gig update. And I'm like, okay, if this was a PS4, that would have been done. 
cool. Um, so then I started it and like started the update, started playing the game, and it crashed three times before it launched. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and Man Eater was unplayable for multiple weeks on Xbox One, which sucked. Like two, three weeks, it was completely unplayable. I, um, I will say those are both games that launched with technical problems on multiple platforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but but also, I think that the Xbox UI is so clunky that I do think that it has issues um, trying to launch stuff sometimes. That is a unique mm. Xbox problem. I think. Um, I would say like. PS4 system updates happen so frequently that if you're somebody like me who uses their PS4 for like a game every couple of months, I have had instances where I'm like, okay, preloaded the game. It's Tuesday afternoon. It should be good to go. And then I don't think to turn my PS4 on again. And then Thursday at nine, I turn it on for the launch and it's like, oh, actually there was a system update that they pushed Wednesday. So you need to download that. And then there was a launch day patch that wasn't included in the preload. So you actually aren't going to play it tonight. And that is extraordinarily frustrating too. So I think it's especially with PSN being extremely slow. Yeah. And to I be, think they still haven't fixed that. To, to be also fair, I've run into the same on Switch. <laughs> if, oh, if I haven't. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like if I haven't turned my Switch on in like a week or two and like I turn it on. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you need to update the system. Oh, you need to update the system again. And then like, you know, all these updates. updates on yeah. Switch none of the platform. None of these platforms are free of these issues. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing to me that stood out about this Halo issue is they I, they had to get this information out there as soon as they decided this because it was going to leak uh, because everything about this game has been leaking. But if they had accompanied this with like more concrete announcements or information that would have been, I think, not as bad. Mm-hmm. The only thing they did was put out a. Uh, thing on the like microsoft blog or the xbox blog saying microsoft or the xbox series x will release with thousands of games spanning four generations yeah and yeah oh, new games microsoft. but but i also don't know <laughs> I what those. else i don't know what else the marketing team could have done yeah yeah oh yeah yeah like if if this had because they're supposed to have another event later this month if they had been able to hold this information until that event and like sandwich, you know, soften the blow with like, here's some more cool announcements, more cool games. Here's the here's the new box, the the Series S, especially if they could like put it in with some good news, it would not seem so bad, especially because it sounds the room. I mean, we don't know anything, but the yeah. rumors sound like they're going to kind of lowball the price on this box a little bit um, and take a. a mm-hmm fairly significant hit margin wise um and i saw a thing that was like a monster competition that put and if you looked into like the value it came out to like 5.99 for the xbox series x i feel like that's hard to to yeah yeah who knows if it's accurate tracked anything and i still think these boxes are going to be super expensive but i keep hearing people say that the xbox is going to get is they're going to lowball it and get it in well under the ps5 which i think they they have to (laughs) yeah if they they aren't cheaper they aren't going to sell anything right so um so uh if they were able to sort of say like at the front maybe like hey here's the price it's really good compared to the ps5 and then share the news that there won't be any games for it when it comes out Mm -hmm. in the middle uh and then maybe at the end say hey Here's a release date for Senua or something. Um, 
that 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 could have that, that game's not coming out for another two years probably yeah, too. i don't know if i if i think that they um, i mean their thing was like location shooting for the last presentation so yeah I'm, it just seems like they must have been working on it for a long time but i mean that's totally in the weeds if a different you can subject. whip up a cg trailer uh but oh sure yeah. but yeah uh, I'm gonna have to dip out before we get onto the cool stuff. <laughs> the cool All right, stuff. the legally he's gonna go get the hottest scoops from Todd Howard from a butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, the hottest scoops from Todd Howard's butt. I'm about to have a wet gamer moment as I get <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. I hope it's I hope it's not wet because of the poop. The gamer moment. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You know, I you think know if I had to choose between the, being peed on or pooped on, it that, that was the nail on like, the head there, Pat. I've been both. They're fine. It doesn't bother you at all after like the first the first time he poos on you. You're like, oh no. I and then afterwards, you're like, oh, I have poo on my elbow. That's kind of like my then, dog. Then, then you're like, oh, there's soap. Oh. Yeah, it like, comes off. There's a sink uh, right next to this. Okay. Um, Goodbye, all. Speaking Bye, of wet gamer moments, Bye, Bye Sam. Bye, Sam. It took me like a good 30 minutes to realize what Erica said at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Wait, what did Erica <laughs> say? Like to process like her wet, 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 wet ass gamer. gamer. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It Wag, took me like, thir- and, like it processed like 30 minutes later. I was like, oh. It took me a okay. little bit longer. Not that long, but it took me longer than it probably should have Wait, taken that it me. was like a reference to the song? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that's what we were doing from the moment that we started this whole thing. That's oh, where my brain no, went no. immediately. Which yeah, I thought I this, that the whole wet game. <laughs> oh no, I I, I only thought about like it took me like a little bit of time. To, no, my, after no. Erica said that, I, I was like, oh, uh, there, there was a there was a story before the podcast we started recording. So, inside baseball to listeners who weren't listening to us before we were recording. I don't know how you could have, but whatever with all of you, um, except for Jan, (laughs) if you're still listening, hi, um, wherein I had a shower before the podcast and was unfurling my socks as you do, because you know, you, you you wrap them up and one of the socks flew straight into the toilet. (laughs) So it was a wet, it was a wet ass. You should have just, you should have just buckled down and put it on anyway. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Anyways, Halo. uh, (laughs) Also, also delayed. A Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. That's a good thing. Also into 2021. That's, I think that one's a good thing. Uh, I think no that has to, less. I think yeah. both delays are good, but um, I think like that game was probably going to have like with Cyberpunk also yeah. being out in yeah. like a similar time frame. You know, they're different games, but they're first person RPGs. I think that similarity was probably going to do them a disservice. I I think they're both good delays for the teams and probably for the games themselves. It's just Vampire doesn't have that much writing on it. Like it's not going to be a system seller, whereas Halo's delay brings into question what's going to happen with the launch of a console. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. And I think what's interesting about this uh, is that I think Bloodlines 2 will probably be a much better game than Halo Infinite. Um, I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's definitely right. a game I'm probably going to play more I mean, than I'd play Halo Infinite, but... Uh, if anyone it's probably hasn't a game played, I'd play. You, if anyone has not played the first Bloodlines, you should. I have it's, not, but I it's should. Very good. It is it's very, one of my good. favorite games of all time. Very yeah. good. So, And I think that's a valid opinion. It is very good. <laughs> Yes, uh, I don't know that Bloodlines Two is going to be. I don't have the expectations for it to top that game at all. I think it will be cool if it's half as good, but uh, but but it's probably going to be better than Halo, which I think is going to be all better. right. 
Well, more Microsoft news. The new the new Xbox controller somehow got out in the wild. Someone bought it off the back of a truck and it the box mentions the existence of a Series X Series S. God damn, I can't say these console names. First, (laughs) I my friend sent me this and I was like, that's a fake box. There's no fucking way that's real. And then I ate my hat later mm-hmm. uh <laughs> two i love we talk about this in our chat they've said i mean they've basically said the series s exists and is well i think it doesn't no but it's basically the rumor the rumor mill is strong with this one and it was supposed to be announced at e3 but then that didn't happen and it they just, keep like I pushing the date where phil spencer said in an interview somewhere there was more than one box so coming. some they they they've mentioned similar but i remember we watched um, I think it was with Super GG Radio. It was a handful of us. We were watching the yeah. uh, the Game Awards, and that's where they announced the Series X, yeah. right? And right, I think yeah. at the time, like within two minutes of that trailer ending, we had said, "Oh, Series X. That means there's going to be a Series oh, yeah. S, right?" Like, yeah, like that. It, it was like people are it, acting it so of. surprised. Like people are like, "Oh, yeah. there's going to yeah. be a Series S. What?" It's like, no, that was mm-hmm. obvious from like literally minute one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, some it's people don't have critical thinking leap. skills. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, Allison, it's not a big leap. Yeah, it's not a huge leap to go. Oh, Series X, so then Series S. Like, it's not. You know, I, I don't know if it would be surprising, but no, like I, they've set those. They've set up that convention this generation. Like, it's I, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a surprise personally. No. Uh, but they have not officially announced or anything, but supposedly uh, in their August event is I've seen some more strong Game Pass announcements and also the Series S will be revealed. Yeah. And presumably at that point, they'll give a price and pre-order better. information. Like, yeah, we're like two, like three months out. <laughs> yeah, apparently there was something like the some sort of PlayStation was, wasn't was like price or pre-orders weren't till September. Maybe it was the 360. I don't oh, remember. Really? I saw I something. It, it's still, it real it's late. just not really responsible in my opinion to like withhold that stuff when the economy, they got to wait to see if those second stimulus checks come through. Well, <laughs> I mean, the economy <laughs> is proceeding to get worse. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, we have a story. I mean, I'm not too. trying to, s- center the United States is like the center of the world or anything, but I think it's pretty true in most places that yeah. coronavirus is having a fairly negative impact on the economy in places. So they've to discussed, like, yeah, Pat. they've discussed removing the 10% sales tax in Japan. It's yeah. probably not going to happen, yeah, but that is a discussion that happened, but stick with us in the news. We're going to have a more thorough conversation about that one, Pat, um, with a, a, an upcoming story. But also I think you are right that like people need to be able to budget like That's right now, like, like, yeah. like, yeah. like a, a, now more than a, a new console is a luxury item, like straight up. Yeah. It's not a necessity. Yeah. Like we do a podcast because we find this to be a passion thing that we care about, but mm-hmm. like, it's not the core of anyone's I, life uh, other than developers and stuff like that. Like you can make it a point, yeah. but like for average consumer, average Joe who goes out and buys an Xbox 360 10 years ago, like, you know, 
you can budget that. That's fine. And like now, we definitely need to know how much to budget because exactly I, right. I mean, even as somebody like that considers that that is pretty passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, I lost my job this year, and I know that I'm not the only one. And if I and I mean, granted, I have made some dumb purchases and I've made some game purchases, but it, like a uh, uh, like an Xbox or a PlayStation. Like that's going to be a big purchase, and I need to like consider: can I do that this year? Yeah, can I afford to spend that I'm, money now or wait? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Part of me thinks that if you're plugged in like we are, and if you are at least at the moment considering buying one of those consoles, you're probably probably already trying to budget and go, okay, how much am I willing to spend on this console? Regardless of price, you could say, okay, if it's this price, that's too much. I won't go there. But up to this point, I will set aside cash for that. A lot of people, maybe they, you know, if you're in a position where your job is unstable, if you're like worried that come November, you won't have a job. Maybe don't do that pre-order. Like it'll suck to not get the new console if you really want it. But I think there's there's a limited supply of these boxes. And the people who many people who want them will get them. Not everyone that, you know, that's supply and demand. But I think that if people who are really plugged in are at least starting to do that budgeting and it's just a matter of, okay, I can do that or, okay, I'm not going to buy it. And so that it's just like a at this point, it just becomes a binary choice of yes Mm -hmm. or no. Yeah. I think there's also an argument, though, that a lot of people like me, I would like to trade in my PS4 Pro for a PS5. Mm-hmm. And like the the sooner the, you can do that, the better. Exactly. The, 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 and, but if the console is $600, I am not going to buy one. So yeah. if it's 400 yeah. or 450 and I can trade in my PS4 Pro and get a couple hundred dollars out of it, then great. I, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But no doubt. By the, if, if we find out in October what the price of the box is and now the PS4's value has dropped, that sucks. And there's not really... Yeah. It feels like the only reason they're not at least like providing some guidance and some ballparking, even if they have to say, look, things are weird right now, we can't guarantee this price, but here is the range that we're discussing. Um, oh, I, I think if they, if they can't give a concrete price, they shouldn't say anything. I mean, in that case, they may not be able to give a concrete price until two weeks before the thing comes out. Because part of it is like they're so concerned, I think, with the way that that Microsoft is going to price that they're both just going to play chicken with each other until it's, it's like the, Jeff Grubb says in his post Thanksgiving. Everyone sits around waiting for Microsoft and Sony to announce the prices of their console. Of, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, as but like, I think okay, Erica, go ahead. As like a, another member of fixed team fun employed. Um, we're like, <laughs> I, there's like no price in which I'm considering buying either one of these at yeah. this point, you know? Yeah, and no, that makes sense. I think that I, I think that there's probably a lot of people in that boat now too. And I'm just expecting that, that sales are going to be bad for both of them at this point. Uh, I, I don't know about maybe, um, because I think the current, like the current consoles all sold really well for like, you know, in the middle of the year when pe- quarantine started 
And now people have spent that money on a new console. They're probably not going to want to go spend money on another new console. But again, there will be people who are in line for better or worse trying yeah. to buy these consoles. But that's also one where um, we're getting yeah. an extra 600 a week and now we're not. So, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and there are people, uh, you know, there are people who have fortunately not been left unemployed and have money, um, but, you know, so it's but to like Pat's point earlier, if like we're waiting around till October for them to announce the price, there's like no amount of budgeting is like going to save you at that point in the situation we're in. So yeah. I get I I do agree that they need to just announce the price and make it easy on people so they can do things like go and trade on their consoles if that's what they want to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, okay. it's, it's but I, I mean, I also think that the 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 like you're saying, like the supply is going to be so tight that it doesn't really matter what they price mm-hmm. it at. It's yeah, the PS5. It'll, it'll sell out whatever price it goes to, unless it's like something stupid. I think so. the Xbox is another story without Halo to get with yeah. it. That's, yeah, it, it could be. Yeah, really that round is back around for sure. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so so Andre, I have a request for yeah. our next news story because. The one next on our list is just going to turn us into doom scrolling and it's going to be the worst. That's true. So I have highlighted one that maybe we should talk about first so we can at least lighten the mood before getting into (laughs) some real deep weeds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in next month marks the release, the return of the Hawk, the Hawk man, Tony Hawk pro skater one and two remake remaster remake. Uh, is hitting hitting the uh, consoles, and right now there is a demo available, mm-hmm. and two thousand lucky people were able to buy Tony Hawk's burrito from oh, Chipotle of yeah. all places and get demo access. I don't fuck. I, yeah. I think I heard, but I don't remember. What does everyone think is in the Tony Hawk burrito? Well, I now heard, I forgot. I know what's in it now. Um, okay, I well, I can't remember Alex, what our, our joke one was last week, however, <laughs> or whatever. Last week, do we think Tony Hawk's in, in, our, ch- in no. our chat? In our chat. Oh, I I don't know if we ever actually said. I think we just said we're gonna we're gonna discuss the uh, contents of what we think is in a Tony Hawk burrito. Well, shit. It, <laughs> it depends on whether or not Tony Hawk smokes weed. I don't know if Tony Hawk smokes weed. I don't want to. I, I don't want to assume it. that about the man. Tony Hawk um, seems like a straight edge motherfucker to me. I don't know if I yeah, I don't know. I can't tell. I could see that, but I mean, cuz if you asked me if it was like more of a like skateboard burrito, um and I say this all with love. This is not judgmental or like or, or like anything a stank against stank board culture. burrito. All the skateboarders <laughs> that I have hung out with and been around when I briefly did mm-hmm. film skateboarders in college, um smoked a lot of weed. Uh, so, um, I would think you just, that it just has a lot of like, just like flour in a tortilla, uh, would, would be the perfect skateboard burrito. It's like a, got like the Chiba Hut burrito. Um, does anybody know what Chiba Hut is? Is that like an Oregon only thing? No idea. Chiba Hut is like a, it's like a sandwich shop, but everything is named after like weed or stoner culture. (laughs) And I think at one point all their sandwiches cost 420. Nice. I mean, that, that sounds very Oregon. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so in, uh, I mean, you gotta have like, uh, I don't know Tony Hawk that well, but you gotta have like like a Baja chicken. 
You need you need some sort of like ambiguous meat where you're like, is that chicken? Is that Tony Hawk? Yeah. So you're well, thinking like it's bird meat, you're like Beyond Meat or something. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, sure. You could do a Beyond Meat. Tony Hawk seems like he could be a vegetarian or a. I could I could see that. Um, let's see yeah, what Beyond else. Beyond Baja else? Chicken, spicy guacamole. Um, I'm thinking of like. Yeah, you got to have guacamole. Seasoned brown rice, not a white rice. Mm-hmm. Like a Spanish then, rice? No, I don't think all the way to Spanish. Okay, too salty. It, it's 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 more like the like just like the brown rice that has a little bit of seasoning that they have at like Qdoba and stuff. I don't really eat mm-hmm. a Chipotle, so I don't know what kind of rice they have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, do you think queso or no queso? He he's got to stay fit. They can't be doing no queso. Yeah, I don't on think there. there's a queso. Gotta, I don't maybe like a queso I, fresco. Uh. No, I think it's probably like a salsa verde. That's what's in there for like sure. a sauce. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, well, let me you know do when, a salsa let, verde and a queso fresco, and then know ball bearings. Because <laughs> 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 why not? And it's and instead oh. of instead of wrapped in like the the paper, it comes wrapped in grip tape. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> but it doesn't come off because it's stuck to the thing. So you just got to eat it. Yeah, edible grip like tape, sandpaper, dog. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's like edible grip tape. It's not like edible sandpaper. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Uh, let me know when y'all are ready for the actual stuff. But let's, Erica. What else do you think, or what like, do you think Tony Hawk's burrito is? Coronavirus? Like, I don't want to go into like, a freaking Chipotle <laughs> no, and find no, out what's no, in no, there. No, like, Chipotle doesn't, doesn't got Corona. It's got E. Coli. E. Coli, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is why I don't eat a Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I I kind of it rubs me the wrong way to see uh, people doing in person promotional stuff in general. Like, I just don't. I don't fuck with at it. least in the states, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad here. Don't make people go to stores, line up, mm-hmm. and shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Coronavirus right, um, and E. coli, okay? That's my answer. That's, <laughs> Tony Hawk wouldn't do you like that. He didn't Tony make Hawk my is, burrito. <laughs> Tony Hawk is so wholesome. Yeah. Allison, if, do you have anything else or should I make? should I start listening? Uh, I, I don't know if I, I know anything else. I think yours all sound I was Night, gonna say plausible, but not really. Um, the last I, I will say before you read off the actual ingredients, if you even if you're not a huge fan of uh, my brother, my brother, and me. They had a very funny segment where they talked about this burrito earlier in the week, and they called the Huntington Chipotle, and we're like, we're not going to have. They were like, we will not put this person on the podcast. Don't worry. Justin called, and the person recognized his voice, and then was like, "Can I be on the podcast?" <laughs> and then they had a speakerphone conversation with, I believe, her name was Haley, who worked at the Huntington. Uh, Chipotle. It was funny. That's great. Okay. That's so sweet. Was it part of it a was Munch a very Squad? Wholesome, uh, yeah, it was a Munch Squad bit. Wonderful. It was a very wholesome and like feel good like right. moment for, for uh, discussion I'll about this. Probably check burrito. that out. All right. So it's in the burrito. Here we go. Uh, starting today, the first 2,000 fans who ordered the Tony Hawk burrito made with brown rice, mm-hmm. check mark, black beans, wasn't mentioned, chicken. Yeah. Yep. Tomatillo red chili salsa. Oh, Tomatillo uh, would be a salsa verde, but then they put red chili, so it's like a yeah. spicy salsa verde. Yeah. Uh, this it just says cheese and guac. There you go. We're okay. close. Yeah, so you actually weren't that far off. 
<laughs> I didn't say the beans. I would have assumed a black bean. For sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Chiba, from Chiba from, Hut. Oh yeah, no go go no, ahead. Go, no, you because that's way say. more important no, than what I was going to say. say. <laughs> Chiba Hut is in Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Florida, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, and Wisconsin. Are those all the legal states? Uh, no, no, because it's they're okay. not here. Washington or in Michigan. Not on there. All right. Fair enough. I, I don't know my American geography for weedness. Um, but I was going to say, um, Tony, from all I've heard, the actual demo sounds like it's actually really good. I'm, oh, cool. Yeah. My finger's on the pre-order button to get it. I know. I I'm, play it. I'm, I'm curious. Gonna, I'm going to buy it, I'm sure, because it sounds good. And I that sounds like a really good remake of the first two Tony Hawk games coming in, you know, September of 2020 is like a beam of light just slicing through the dark clouds and shining on all of us. Yeah. Like I need to listen to Superman and skateboard around that warehouse and I need (laughs) and the school. They have done some interesting things like the levels aren't one-to-one recreations. They've Mm -hmm. changed some things partially because they have implemented mechanics from three and four. So smart. Like the revert. And I think the revert was from, I don't remember which ones, but like the, the wall manuals too. and reverts and stuff that came from later games and wall plants are put into this remake remake. Yeah. And it's so. vicarious vision. So I have so much more faith in that team. <laughs> I, I watched, uh, speaking of our, um, our, our guests, uh, day job. Um, I watched, uh, uh, excuse me, Jeff Gersman play a fair bit of the warehouse demo and, he was pretty hot on it and I don't agree cool. with Jeff on every video game, but he is definitely the, the man that I go to for Tony Hawk opinions. Uh, <laughs> Cause uh, he's, he's, he's got that in his DNA and it looked fantastic. The, That's the, cool. The, yeah. That's good. Footage from the demo. Yeah. For and sure. and yeah. they scanned in old Tony Hawk. Really? Yeah. That's, That's the thing. awesome. Yeah. They're, they're doing all this really cool stuff that tells me that like signals that like maybe they figured it out and Jeff, I th- I don't want to misquote him, but I because I, I was kind of working as I was watching the stream. But um, I think what he was he was saying at one point that it would be really cool if they sort of use this as a platform to just kind of add on levels from the later games and stuff, sure. and just yeah. not necessarily make it a service game, but make this the like this is the Tony Hawk. If you want to play Tony Hawk, come here. Yeah, like We're add levels if, and, and characters. Give the three like, DLC, give the four DLC. Like right. if yeah. if you are currently a kid in high school who was not around when Tony Hawk one, two, and three came out, this is where you can play that content. And it feels yeah. good and it feels modern. Like that sounds awesome. But also, yeah. um, side story to this. Um, they like in terms of modernizing the game and stuff like that, not yeah. quite the same as putting them <laughs> new old Tony Hawk in, but uh, they changed the name of the mute grab to the mm-hmm. Weddle grab as a tribute to its creator. And like, that's so cool. That was yeah. really the, neat. That was a really neat thing to see. Uh, Weddle is a deaf skater. He, he is a deaf skater. Yep. Yep. For, uh, I think in the 80s or whenever, I think the 80s would make sense for when a lot of like skateboarding culture was coming up and tricks were getting invented and stuff. It, this guy invented the this grab and they all just called it the mute grab because this guy didn't talk, but he's deaf, not mute. And so yeah, Tony yeah. went to him and was like, hey, are you like, should we change this? 
Yeah, and apparently, apparently, Weddle, Weddle was psyched. Like he was super happy about yeah. it. Love's yeah. good. My understanding, um, one, there's a really good Instagram post that um, Tony Hawk did, sort of talking about it and breaking it down. That I think even almost even more so than just changing the name was great because it really talked about like the process of that decision making and like talked about ableism and how like it was a mistake and not okay when they did it and everything. Um, but I, I think also like part of the ridiculousness of it is I don't believe that he didn't speak either. I'm pretty sure I've heard oh, yeah. he, he, he had, he like verbalizes and stuff. So it was particularly weird because he wasn't even yeah. like some, some people who um, have, you know, some form of hearing loss or, or deafness don't speak and prefer to just sign. But I believe he, the Weddle actually speaks. So, it's just yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. Either way, it's cool. It's wholesome and it's much better totally. than our next news story. <laughs> yeah. Tony Hawk seems like a cool dude. He's also one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Oh my God. So. He's so funny. He's he hilarious. Awesome videos of his family doing skateboarding stuff too, which is really cool. Yeah. And apparently what, what is it? His son goes to Berkeley and, um, there was, he was like, someone was trying to use his music or something. It's, I can't remember. The PewDiePie. Story. PewDiePie. Was, right. PewDiePie. Didn't I don't even think he used it. He just like somehow his Spotify account it. got linked. Like got yeah. linked. Like somebody found like his like verified Spotify account that he has, and so you, everybody could see what he listens to. Mm. And so Tony Hawk's kid just just like PewDiePie don't listen to my music, and like yeah. all of PewDiePie's fans just like jumped on him. He's like, "Why don't you want this clout, bro?" Like, <laughs> yeah. And, like, and he's like, "No, Tony I cannot Hawk. tell you en- enough. Like, do not no. do yeah. not listen to my music." That's great. <laughs> All right. All right. Should we well, should we bring the mood down a bit? <laughs> y'all like Fortnite? Nope. Not, <laughs> not in no. particular. I mean, I played it. Uh, was all right. So, uh, Epic has been at odds with uh, mobile platform holders specifically. I think they're like with. Android, they initially launched. You could only sideload the game. You couldn't go through the Apple or the Google Play Store to yeah. kind of circumvent uh, the payment system. Yes, you had there. to download a separate APK. It was not in the Google Play Store. Yes. Yes. And I did it come to iOS later or did it come there first? I don't remember. I can't remember. This whole either. timeline. But basically, Epic is not a fan of stores uh taking a cut of microtransactions especially so like steam one of their big things was we don't want steam taking 30 percent of our game sales uh like revenue and so they created the epic game store and they created their own system uh and epic now seems to be trying to take that fight to uh, mobile devices where this week they created a discount on V bucks, the micro, the, the paid currency for the game that you could buy by going directly through Epic and circumventing the play store and the app store, Apple pay, uh, process, which would for iOS would result in a 30% like cut going to Apple. I don't know what it is for Google. And, uh, not surprisingly, Apple and Google said, hey, yo, quit it. 
and uh, the game is no longer available on either surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really interesting because you can tell that Epic kind of set this all up. Like, oh, it's, 100%. Like, well, they clearly... like, like, they obviously had all this in place because, like, the order of events was basically they did this event, like, they sent the email out to people who were like, oh, you can get this discount on V-Bucks and only go through our store, not the, like, proprietary store. Yeah. They did that. Then Apple pulled it off. And then within, like... 20 or 30 minutes or something, they had a fully produced video that was mocking (laughs) the original 1984 uh, ad that Apple did like many, many years ago, which, and, and they had full, they had the full lawsuits penned and ready to go. And those do not happen in the matter of an hour. Those, well, like the the speed of how things escalated, it, it, that wouldn't happen in just, uh, oh, this is premeditated. Yeah. If this yeah. wasn't, so, yeah. Like, Apple 100% took the bait. Yeah. Yeah. They promoted that 1980 Fortnite event, if you want to call it that, uh, that morning, like before it was even pulled mm-hmm. from the store. I got an email about it before. Oh, really? I actually didn't see that. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. Hashtag um, free Fortnite. Oh my they God. didn't say what it was about. <laughs> oh, God. Like, they just said that, like, join us for a unique in game event or some shit. Um, oh. And, and, but it, it, and it maybe it wasn't an email and it was like a tweet or a notification on mm. the store or something, but they definitely promoted it before. The, I, the, I thought it was Tim Sweeney coming out and saying like, join us to, as we talk about this thing, like that's happening, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Either way, it's very clearly was premeditated. I bet so far as they told Apple what they were going to do and Apple said, well, we're going to pull it down and then they did it. And then Apple responded. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they did. But either way, yeah, now Epic is suing both Apple and Google. And um, me being a a masochist and a sadist and just a terrible human, I read both of the lawsuits. Yeah, you said you're doing that and more power to you. Yeah, I think think the last thing I saw before I went to sleep uh, last night was Allison writing in the group chat, Alex, I hope you know how much you do for this podcast. And that includes reading this nonsense, which... I second that yeah. <laughs> because well, that's insane that you so, do that. <laughs> to be fair, they're both probably about 60 pages and they're relatively easy. They're not using that crazy of legal language. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that they're kind of boring and a little bit repetitive. How, um, how similar are they? Pretty similar. Um, the only thing is that like, like they both kind of start with like a short story that's about the companies and how they started up as small underdogs. And like, they're like, Oh, we're going to start with noble intents and like Google's whole don't be evil mantra and then Mm -hmm. like apple's like whole thing against the ibm monopoly with that was the 1984 Mm -hmm. ad and then like how now both of those companies are leaders in their industries so like they're they're drawing from each company's specific past in order to do that but it's kind of following the same thing and Mm -hmm. the weird thing is in the apple case like apple makes or sorry epic makes a pretty clear cut case about why like how um they only let app um let users purchase things from their app store and make in-app purchases with Apple's payment processor. And mm-hmm. like they always take a 30% tax on both Apple store stuff and blah, blah, blah. Like they're very specific calling out numbers, calling out uh, update numbers and like they're very specific. And then they compare it to how Mac um, allows users and devs to distribute downloads relatively freely. Um, and that like other platforms and stuff, they only like only take like 3%. And like compare that to the thirty percent, blah blah blah. But the Google one is weird because with Google's case, it 
seems to come across as a lot more ambiguous. Like it doesn't have as many details and it doesn't seem to have as clear cut of a case uh, because it does have sideloading. It has the APKs that you can download elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. Um, So like it's weird. But anyway, sorry, we don't have to dive too deep into it. Do you any do y'all have any questions about them? I guess (laughs) I I read chunks of them, too. And what I think is it's just the the fact the fact that they are written relatively. Put it this way. The reason that they are written in a way that doesn't include tons of legalese is so that they can be read by people and people will go, oh, they have a point. Like they want people who don't normally read lawsuits to read these lawsuits. Yeah. Like these are marketing documents as much as well, they I are think also, legal documents. From what I've heard from, from people, uh, like I watch a YouTube lawyer, uh, legal, yeah. legal who's, Oh yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's great. Uh, and I think that if, if I remember correctly, I remember him saying that not having a ton of legalese or legal jargon is is largely good because there are generally people who are going to have to interact with sure. uh, the law that aren't trained lawyers. But at the same time, I think with everything that is coming together about this whole situation, it it, it becomes more and more clear that yeah, this is kind of, this is pu- more publicity yeah. than. And- the and standard lawsuit. It is pretty masturbatory. Like I like that's yeah. weird like weird term to use, but it's really true. Like they have legit pictures of Fortnite in there. Um and they they call it quote a global cultural phenomenon. Which is <laughs> talking not, about like uh, how many millions of downloads it has and stuff like that. And it's a little <laughs> weird, like in that sense. So like when I first heard about um Epic giving it to Apple. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I mean, good because there is monopolistic stuff going on there. Right. Like I was like, yeah, there is monopolistic stuff going on at Google before. Like this is before the Google suit came out and I was like, yeah, this is good. But then Pat had a very salient point about how they're marketing this at children. And that's where it gets a little creepy. On that, this I'm real quick. I'll read something from their fact that they've put out. That says, why can't I access Fortnite on iOS? And their answer is, Apple is blocking your ability to get the latest Fortnite updates. Yeah. All players should have a choice in payment providers and save up to 20%. Apple wants to limit your payment choices. <laughs> Join the fight against at App Store on social media with oh, hashtag free Fortnite. Oh. I only play on iOS devices. How can I regain access to Fortnite if I only play on iOS devices? Make your voice heard in the fight against the app tax. Message at App Store using hashtag free Fortnite on social. All players should have a choice in payment providers oh. and save up to 20%. Apple disagrees. This is fucking Trumpian. Like, yeah, that's like, garbage. That's... Like, I, I, doing this as a publicity stunt is, is already sketchy, but like, you know, people do sketchy publicity stunts. Trying to get children to be mobilized yeah. into your uh, dispute over. Uh, Payment options is really sketch. Children are not the best at critical thinking. If there's (laughs) something like if there's some like if there's something they care about, such as Fortnite or Roblox, and then they suddenly are in a game and then the whole game is taken up by a screen that's like, oh F Apple, they're gonna be like, they're not gonna question, they're gonna be like, oh okay, I'll do that. Like that's that's kind of an yeah. abuse of the situation. Like that's and really right. And we can yeah. easily Ugh. look at this from the outside and say, Oh, well they're doing this as a publicity stunt. But like you said, like if, if you're a young child who really likes playing Fortnite, 
you might not have those critical faculties to look at this and go, oh, it's a publicity stunt. It's, you totally. might, it's yeah. perpetuating like toxic gamer culture with like social yes. media. Oh, and very much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The, yeah. As someone who works with, thankfully, a significantly smaller brand than, um, than, than either of these companies, but um, who, who does work and answer social media accounts for, for a brand for my day job, if someone did this to us, and I'm, I understand Apple's a bigger company, whoever's running their social media accounts, probably better paid than me. I'm not trying to like suggest that it's a one-to-one, but if someone did this, I wouldn't probably need to like, it would impact my mental health to get oh, yeah. tens of thousands of messages from angry children saying awful stuff to me all day long. So it's irresponsible for them to do this. And for them to direct that towards them. The lawsuits, yeah. fine. Apple should get served lawsuits. They should be regulated. But this like weaponizing kids thing is so gross. It is like just it's unbelievable to me that they thought that this was acceptable or that they like mm-hmm. gave the go ahead. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, for Tim Sweeney, he's been tweeting for the last 24 hours talking about how this is about small developers. We're doing this for them. This I'm isn't so about tiny. money. And it's fucking bullshit. Like, the guy's a fucking liar. (laughs) It's just like, it's so, 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 so frustrating. To uh, succinctly quote this this YouTube video title from Jim Sterling, Mm. screw Apple, screw Google, and screw Epic Games. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like totally. Like, that's the thing is I, looking at their lawsuit, I agree with the majority of what they're saying. Like, mm-hmm. especially they do dive deeper yeah. into the Play Store stuff. They talk about how Google is like, oh, if like they strike special deals with Samsung. So Samsung users can download their own stuff from their own store, but LG users can't and like all this kind yeah. of stuff. Like, yes, it is good to bring awareness to that kind of stuff. And it is good to have critical open conversations about that kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. because it is bad practice. But like you're saying, Pat weaponizing children and pointing them at the social media outlets and going at it and turning it like, Oh, we're being activists. No, you're not. You're just kind of bullying at that point. Yeah. Like, so the fact that they're going at it from both angles is weird. Like the one angle, the legal angle is the, the valid, correct. And like, it's reasoned and it's good, but the other angle, good Lord. I, I, so I think, I mean, you know, this could not be true at all, but I wonder if the the social media angle, the 1984 free Fortnite, yeah. 1980 Fortnite, is that what they yeah. called it? Yep. God, yeah. that's so dumb. Yeah. We can come back to that. But um, <sighs> the, so, the social media and getting the public riled up to be mad at Apple, I wonder if that is to try and get Apple to take action before there's any sort of lawsuit ruling so they can just like, okay, lawsuit is dismissed. Like well, we're, you know, we're withdrawing our suit because Apple did what we wanted uh, because so we got the public on our side. Uh, that with, I think is exactly why they're doing it. Campaign. Because it'll save them so much money if they oh, want yeah. to go through and a long so, ass legal so, battle with Apple. So settling, settling out of court is what you're saying. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but I, and, I don't even know if there's. I don't know if like they're seeking any damages or if they're trying to get they Apple are, to change their policies. Not. But they are, they yeah, are not so seeking any damages. Basically, just yeah, getting Apple to yeah change their policies. Uh, and I don't get, even get something done without a legal ruling. They'll settle, I think, without even Apple changing their policies. They want the same kind of sweet deal that Amazon got. 
Like yeah, the, maybe, the yeah. thing that people bring up is like, oh, well, Netflix and Amazon, blah, 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 blah. That's because they dealt with Apple and they have really good um, agreements set up basically like the, the, and, and those were in place because there was uh, there was value on both sides of the, the, the table for those to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if that happens, every single person who interviews Sweeney should hold his feet to the fire and be like, what about the small developers? If that's what happens, if absolutely, I agree with you, but I just, I don't, I don't trust them to, to give a shit about that. Because oh, like, yeah, it, it's, it's, and, and like people have pointed out that like the Epic still takes, I mean, their cut is better than steams, but they still take a 12% cut of sales too, like, which is lower. I mean, less than half the cut that Apple takes, but and people have also been pointing out that like Sony and Microsoft on their platforms also take significant cuts of revenue cuts and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's just so clearly a target at Apple so that they can monetize the, that specific yeah. user base in a way that is that, that makes them a lot more money. Um, and I think that the other part of that social side of it is they're trying to build social capital so that they look like the good guys. And they yep. look like they're helping people to use to cash in down the road, too. It's not just about yeah. this particular case. But I have some friends of mine who are lawyers, one of which is my dad, who thinks that Epic probably has a pretty strong case. But um, I've also heard from other lawyers who are more in the kind of um, more in this space in tech law that think that their case is not very good against Apple. And so that's part of why they might be leveraging the social side of it, too, is because they might they probably won't be able to without spending a lot of money win that case yeah. um i i just yeah. don't see i don't see a world where people like i don't i just i don't know if this actually changes anything it's um because people are still going to use iphones if they want to use iphones they're not going to switch to android just no. because of Fortnite payments uh you know they'll figure they'll and, figure out another way to play that stuff they'll stream it on their pc or something i don't know on their something Chromebook. R- rami uh ishmael was saying is part of this is there's one of epic's big things is they want people to be able to use whatever payment processor they want but like indie developers aren't going to be able to process their own payments mm-hmm. that's sort of like why one of the values of having storefronts like this that they can sign deals on because it is it provides payment processing so it relies on the idea that somebody's going to come out and and what rami was talking about was like so someone comes out and does third-party payment processing for apple and still charges a significant cut like Mm -hmm. the, the introducing competition into that space is not the thing that that it is not the capitalist wet gamer moment dream that you think it is gross it is that Someone will come along that finds out, figures out a way to screw developers slightly less than Apple, and then they'll still be screwed. So it's not, it's great for Epic because they're big enough that they do their own payment processing so they can just keep Mm -hmm. all that money. But for an indie developer, that's not how it works. So, and, and, and on top of that, I wonder who might come along to provide payment processing services for indie developers were the platform to open more. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could go through Epic. Mm And then Epic mm. makes more fucking money. So it's just a, it's such a transparent, like greed driven thing that it's just kind of disgusting that they're, they're marketing it the way they are. Yeah. Like the last thing I'll say about it is like to reiterate what I was saying before, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, good. Yeah. 
put the put put Apple to the coals. That's good. But yeah. then it became clear that it's very much just a this is a money thing. And yeah. that's that comes across as so much more disingenuous. Yeah. And I initially when I saw it, I I agreed and I, I actually thought it probably had a link to streaming somehow. Um the the XCloud stuff, but it became pretty clear mm. yeah. <laughs> over the course of the morning that that was not uh not not what was happening. Yeah. Uh how wild is it is that like so much of this, like Fortnite is generally played by younger kids or, you know, like teens maybe. And their their big video point at like rallying call was the Oh or, yeah. Or the well. Apple nineteen eighty four ad. Yeah. Also that, that yeah. like most people like of like that are not boy, when was that? In the was that in eighty four? Like that ad, yes. Like most people uh, who were born, uh, who were not like adults or like (laughs) young adults at that time period, are not going to know what that is. December thirty first, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, it's like I know of it, but like I'm also a older than the average person they're targeting with this. And yeah. um, I, I just know of it, considering I wasn't I mean, alive. Maybe if you've read 1984 in like a high school class, right. maybe you've seen well, this ad. Like that's where I saw this ad. And uh, as I've seen pointed out a couple of times too, 1984, the novel is one of arguably one of the, the more important literary works of mm-hmm. the century and is about fighting fascist authoritarianism which is mm-hmm. it is so yep. it is already absurd to tie that to com- computing hardware and then now to a video game that is just like oh you can't play it on this one device because we can't make mo- enough money there it's just like you're defanging the thing that the initial work that actually has weight and is important <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first place, so it's just it, it, you're doing the thing that the book is critical of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll probably keep updated on this because it's it's interesting, and you know the fallout, the the repercussions of this uh, could be interesting, but it'll yeah. probably take a while to see any real change because big companies move it glacial paces mm-hmm. speaking of big companies alex you you've put on something that i wouldn't necessarily immediately associate with uh games oh and that is mozilla laying off 25 percent of their staff yeah so um that's a lot it is and uh i have a lot of thoughts about it <laughs> so um a lot of people know Mozilla as the Firefox people. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's a big and good thing they make. And they've been making that for many years. But they also have a bunch of other projects that they do. Like, and one of the biggest of which is MDN, which is the Mozilla's developers network. Like anyone who's ever worked in development, especially in web, there's a very, very, very high chance that you've at least referenced the MDN at least a few times. Yeah. Like like it, I know, I, Andre, you've in my you've little it. bit of programming I've done. It, the teacher is like, 
and we're going to go to MDM or MDN and we're going to yeah. search for this thing. And I'm going to teach you how to use MDN because you're going to use it all the time. Yeah. And Erica, I imagine you have to at some point. Yeah. Most yeah. Definitely. Like it's hugely popular. It's invaluable for developers. And like they have a full team of maintainers that are working behind it on like on top of the fact that everything that Mozilla does is open source. So like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And like Firefox itself as a browser is also a huge player for web developers because their uh, in-browser development tools are top notch, like definitely the best in class. Like we could definitely have a really long talk about uh, Firefox Firefox's Firebug versus Chrome's Lighthouse, but maybe another time. Like maybe on coding fix when I actually get to recording that. But point being, like they're a huge success story in the development sector. And that's what makes these layoffs so scary for tech in general, in, including games. Because they laid off, like Andre said, 25% of their workforce. They closed their entire Taipei office and uh, laid off a bunch of people from the US, Canada, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. And they laid off the entirety of the MDN team, which is what? fucking scary. They they laid off the majority of their dev tools team, which is the firebug I was talking about. And the layoffs are also expected to have a big impact on Firefox. So this is setting a really scary precedent because A, Mozilla's been around for a really long time. And like they're a team that has been remote and distributed for decades. And the reason they cited is the layoffs is because of COVID impacts on their business and their uh their uh whatever their income and the thing yeah like they've been remote they've been distributed they've had a lot of time to get used to that throw that flow rather and have thrived in it so like if game developers are getting into that and like they're still not used to it you know like big game devs where they might have server rendering farms that they're used to relying on and they don't know how to do that now like that's set that's kind of scary and like getting back to Mozilla itself for development people, coders, it was always seen that if you got a job with Mozilla, uh, you were stable. Like you were in a stable place for the foreseeable future. Uh, much like if you're in getting into games, like I imagine getting a, a gig at EA or something, right? Like mm-hmm. that's seen as being very stable. And you could probably be there for the rest of your career if you wanted to. But now that's being shaken up. And like to get a little bit speculative, if we take them at face value, yes, COVID is a big factor and could definitely spell trouble for the next year or so. But I've had some conversations with other developers through my workplace and just through some other channels of devs I regularly talk with. And there is a very real chance that another big factor could be because of Google and how, mm. like, you know, these antitrust lawsuits we've just been talking about and how they are particularly monopolistic with Chrome. Like how it comes installed on a ton of devices, be them smart TVs, phones, tablets, uh, computers, whatever. And Google has also been known to be a bit pushy with getting people to use Chrome or even Chromium, like which Microsoft Edge is now built on. And like they do some stuff where it's like to use some apps or whatever, it's exclusive through Chrome, like everyone's favorite Stadia, of course. Um, <laughs> joking, but like there's. There are lots of things that only work in Chrome, and it's pretty shitty. But but yeah, it's very much like the antitrust suit, and that combined with pandemic reasons has me and a lot of developers like pretty fucking worried about what this will mean, especially for like mid to large size game companies. So mm. like when the stable giants are no longer stable, 
that is super worrisome. Interesting. That's pretty much it. But I don't think many other game places are talking about it, but I think it could have pretty big impact. That I I don't have any insightful thoughts on that other than that that is wild. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the fact that they laid off all of MDN is fucking insane. Like <laughs> people are really upset. Like they don't know what's going to be the future of MDN. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully some resourceful folks are archiving and already working on maintaining oh, like a, an alternative yeah. and stuff like that. Like there are other tools out there, but yeah. It's a good one. So anyways. All right. We can get away from bleakness now. <laughs> uh I don't I don't know. This next news story is pretty bleak if you ask me. Blazeball is taking an extended siesta. I mean, yeah, it's are. understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Really fast. But no. Like- <laughs> no, it is not understandable. <laughs> Unacceptable is what I mean, you meant to I'm say. I'm kind of glad to have my life back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't checked in on the Discord like at all. Someone messaged me. Yeah, neither a song have I. That I made yeah. in a Bandcamp release, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, but, go ahead." But you know but what? That's I'm, the only. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. For sure. It's, it's going to be fresh. Be, yeah. Um, I, yeah, like, I haven't uh, been yeah. in on the Discord at all, but I have been like, you know, still looking at Twitter. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. There's the Twitter, the um, team-based Twitter accounts are still doing a lot of charity work, which kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. Mm-hmm. That is really great. Um, but um, also, some sorry, Pat, go for it. The commissioner, baseball commissioner account also tweeted like, hey, if you want to sell fan work related to baseball, just go for it. Just do awesome. it. Awesome. If you want to really donate, good. they were like, if you want to donate some money to us or to one of the causes that a lot of the teams are promoting, that would be awesome. But you have our permission. Go ahead and do it. Um, they're That's working on official merch as well, but um, but but yeah, they uh, they they said that it's cool to 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 sell your fan work um, and and produce like shirts and cards and whatever, uh, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, something I was talking about with a friend, I don't remember who, um, that because they talked about how if the same team won three times, uh, they would ascend, and so would baseball, right? And yeah, I was saying like a week or two ago. Man, it would be hilarious if that happened, and then they just ended Blazeball forever, like just <laughs> put a stop yep. on it, deleted the repo, just all gone forever. Yeah, and this was like a pretty good consolation prize because it's also pretty interesting. Yeah, well, like, they're saying like it took it exploded far more than they ever could have expected, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is fair. It is the cultural event, uh, Blazeball. The Fortnite ain't got nothing on Blazeball. <laughs> nope. Um. So I think going from being like a small group, they've they've done some other releases, like they have an Apple Arcade release, but then to make something like Blazeball, which very rapidly accrued this fandom and they were, you know, they're having to like maintain servers and like cybersecurity, basically making sure because oh, people God, are hacking yeah. and like yeah. finding yep. uh, bugs. Finding exploits. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Adding peanuts and, to their... Yeah, and they they were like actively hiring like a web developer to come on full time for a little bit. Uh, so I don't know if they found someone, and like this is them like getting up to speed with all of that. But uh, hopefully, yeah, they, it comes back and it's better than ever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think something that we talked about a little bit. I do think that this will. Um, 
I think they'll probably lose a lot of momentum with like mainstream audiences through this. Probably, um, yeah. Because it felt like it was picking up a lot of steam and then just kind of for them to kind of like right when they took the started the extended siesta, it felt like it was starting starting to really crest the wave of mainstream thing. But I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. They don't seem like the kind of group that is trying to make millions and millions of dollars. They seem, excuse me, like the kind of group that wants to like make sure that the staff has good benefits and housing and food and is happy yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. Um, which is and, good. Which is great. And so I think having us, like I certainly am keeping my Patreon sub to them and having a, uh, a, a smaller fan base in a way it almost serves the game because mm. um, as it grows, like it can lose some of the, the, the charm of having like a, you know, a, a smaller group of people um, super passionate about the thing. And it, and it can just kind of splinter the audience a little bit. Um, so I think that's good. I would like to see improvements over time. I don't expect them after this siesta. Mm-hmm. on the visual side of how the games are represented. I think it would be cool if they, if they were able to like add, have like a diamond and yeah, think, I would never like, expect just a, it. a rudimentary representation. Yeah. I would never expect it to like look like the show or something, but, um, <laughs> but, but just a, like, even if it was just like a top down with like ASCII art of characters, it looks like rusty's real deal baseball. Oh, God. <laughs> I think it, it would like, be cool. That brought me back. Make, make it look like dwarf fortress. Sort of, yeah. Uh, where you can see the ball like get hit and fly in the air and then get caught or whatever. Um, that would be fun, I think. That would I that would ruin so many people just because they would be absolutely like glued to the games uh, oh, more yeah. so than they already are. I mean, and that would destroy lives. <laughs> baseball, um, the non-sport um, sport <laughs> baseball. They have like this thing called MLB Gamecast that is almost that where it's like a little like animated. You're like seeing it from the behind the plate perspective and Mm -hmm. it's actually like lightly animated and it has like characters, character art and stuff. And um, it's kind of that I would prefer they not try to do art of the characters and more just have it be like top down. Mm -hmm. Well, because um, everyone's got their own character exactly, interpretations. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and and somebody was asking them that on Twitter. And I think they recognize that their, uh, their community has a lot of things that they have discussed and come up with with Blazeball. Yeah. Uh, and that, that they aren't necessarily going to get in the way with that. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough because I think, like, from my perspective, if they, if they feel like, if they want to say, all of the players are, are, are robots or something. I, I think they should, as the people who made it, have the room to do that. But it's, right. I also respect that people have put a lot of thought into the, their character. It takes a lot of stakes well, out. So, um, if uh, it's just robots getting oh, incinerated. I'm not saying I think they should do that. I'm just saying <laughs> no, if, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. were to make a call like that, I think it's their thing. They have some right to do that stuff. But yeah. I also, it's cool that they're they're saying they want to respect the, the, the ideas that community has had too. Yeah. It's, it's it's pretty feel good all around. Mm-hmm. Well, time to move on to something that won't make you feel so good. Control. Yep, uh, it does that to me. Makes most of us feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> will has uh, an ultimate edition or game of the year or 
whatever, like a complete edition coming yeah, with all the DLC. All the DLC. Uh, which, hey, that's cool. That's uh, the DLC. It seems neat. Sounds good. But there's an issue where if you want the next gen, the PS5, the Xbox Series X, Series S version, you need to buy this new version of the game, this complete version, yeah. uh, Ultimate Edition. Yeah. The, you it, cannot, if you have the launch edition, like the day one, if you bought the game day one, even if you have the season pass, you will not get a next gen upgrade. Right. And this Ultimate yeah. Edition, from what I understand, does not provide any new content beyond the season pass. Nope. So yep. there, there are, I, I have definitely seen people who are saying, Look, I have I bought the game at launch. I had the season pass. I have no reason to get this ultimate edition, but and yet. And yet. Yeah. Like yeah, when you yet. combine it's... it with the weird um timed exclusivity post launch timed exclusivity with Sony, mm-hmm. it definitely mm-hmm. is like for DLC, it is definitely like man, 505 just kind of sucks, don't they? Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> like, a poor choice. They've 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 kind of sucked. It, like they've had issues with like their the delivery qualities. Like, yeah, iffy. right. And now, which is you know arguably true of Control too. And then this business shit, it's just like it sucks. It's I feel I, yeah. I in a way, and maybe they're thrilled about it. I don't know, but in a way, I kind of feel bad for Remedy having done that deal because I mean I can't imagine as a developer it feels good for all of this stuff to happen <laughs> with your game. No. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine any of them are psyched about it. Yeah. Um, I will say that this coincides, the Ultimate Edition kind of coincides with the Steam release of the game. So it is at least cool that if you um, mm. if you want it on Steam, you the, can get the it there. true Ultimate Edition. <laughs> um, yeah. I, normally, I am not one of the... I, I, I don't like the screw epic exclusivity shit, but given the earlier news story we talked about, I definitely would prefer not to toss them money right now so um so that game will probably hit top of the charts on steam like everything that comes to steam uh (laughs) that is already available on the pc like Uh, interestingly they don't have the price listed on steam i wonder if they've said that anywhere Uh, i imagine it'll be like 60 that's typical standard but but yeah like okay so how much is the season pass for control i don't Uh, i want to say it was 24.99 it's like so we'll say 25 bucks ish. So, Oh, it's only 40 bucks to get the ultimate edition. That's um, on steam or in general. That's imp- it says, well, this new story I'm seeing says this version of the game will only cost 39 99. It'll launch for steam on August 27th. Hey, Cause yeah, the season pass is $25. Yeah. That sucks yeah. though. So that what? sucks. For, that it sucks it for, still sucks. Cause sucks if you win, you spend $85 on the game. Yeah. Um, Sure. I think that's pretty standard. It, it's it's better than if it was. No, I'm just saying it's better than if it was sixty dollars. But yeah. for someone like Allison who bought that game at launch, oh yeah, and it and ran then like shit, shit on the PS4, and it was like unplayable. Yeah, yeah. the upgrade stuff the season pass, sure, That's not standard. Like you know, if she if she was able to, or anyone was able to, like say, okay, I've got the season pass, I've got the game. That's everything that's in the ultimate edition. Give me the upgrade it, because. It, it yeah. makes me wonder if, and I'm not excusing anyone for this, if this is the case, but it makes me wonder if that Sony and Microsoft are requiring developers to like resert their games or something mm. for the new platforms. I and doubt it. If, 
you would think no, right? But like, if there's if there's an upgrade, if there's like a next gen upgrade, I I mean that would make sense because they're selling it on that new console. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's I, it's just an interesting. I mean, because the PS4 version of Control will work on PS5. Yeah, because games are backwards compatible, but it won't. It won't have, have ray tracing enabled or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. So you wonder if maybe that update costs money somehow that they're saying we can't shoulder this cost without you know and offer this for I, free to people I'm, i don't know like microsoft is doing like enabling hdr in original xbox games like on a hardware level and like doing all this sure. like all do, doing the backwards compatibility work themselves and going to developers and going hey can we turn this on backwards compatibility so i don't like I don't know, Sony maybe, and I I just don't it, I. It just I find it hard me, to believe that they do that. Agreed. It just strikes me as odd that they think that people will, like I will probably get this Ultimate Edition on Steam because I want to play it again on PC. That's a platform switch though because I haven't been able to play the DLC because I don't have it on PS4. I have it on mm, Xbox, yeah. and I would like to play the game again anyway because it's one of my favorite games of recent years. And um. So to me, like 40 bucks to play it on PC instead, it's fine. I don't mind paying it. But do they really think that people are going to repurchase the game that they played last year to play it on the new consoles with upgraded visuals? Like, it's a cool. I mean, I love the yes, game. Yes, they will. <laughs> Sony proved it with like all. I think this generation proved it with so many of the remasters and stuff. But remasters, but, I mean, this is a game that came out last year. I Yeah, well, people, you know, uh, I, I think that's where the tricky thing is, because, like, these Ultimate Editions are nothing new, but yeah. it's the Ultimate Edition is the upgrade path is really I crappy. Th- I yeah. think it's more about the precedent they set, because, like, yeah. th- there's been a lot of de- or questioning or, you know, inquisitive sideways glances at like okay is everybody gonna opt in to just letting you upgrade and the this has been like the first public case of no unless you do it no this very specific uh, no way. it's not uh, the nba yeah 2k oh yeah you're right there was EA has, and ea yeah. has a weird thing where you have to buy the 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 current versions of the game by like january 12th or oh something. yeah I right, right, right. Think that's true. They changed that, or maybe I think they made it a little more lenient, but I don't believe that they changed their it original stance has been changed. I don't remember what it is now, yeah. but so the, the original bad one was not. But I think good. this might be the first time that we're seeing a game that is coming out in like a package that's coming out in 12 days that is in reference to a year old game that is mm-hmm. taking this route for sure. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if this yeah. gets changed because there's been a lot of uh, stink raised about it, but we'll see. Part of me, this is our digital future. I wonder if there's just, it's interesting. I just wonder if there's like tricky business stuff like, oh, Microsoft said it's fine or Sony said it's fine. But the other platform holder was like, no, you got, we got to charge you for this. And then they said, well, we have to charge users. So we have to do it everywhere. And this is just our stance. I, I would love to see the business stuff behind this decision to understand yeah. where the agreements come from. And maybe they financially they needed to do this to make it make sense, but maybe they I found out they bought publishing rights for control five oh five did for twenty years. So they they Ooh. they have controls publishing rights for twenty years, apparently. <laughs> Which is not totally insane. I mean it, it's it's that game. It's not 
like remedy didn't sell the ip or anything no but, yeah uh, but that's that's wild <laughs> yeah especially as they're like yep. talking about this remedy cinematic universe and stuff yeah uh, okay starring well, brendan fraser one last one last news story uh before we get out of here I I I could have sworn I referenced this, but it was a, it was just a rumor. There was nothing official. Ono is leaving Capcom uh, after many years uh, at the helm. Uh, he brought Street Fighter Four back to prominence with, or he brought Street Fighter back to prominence with Street Fighter Four after it had been dormant for a while and uh, people had fallen off because of Street Fighter Three being super technical. And he headed up Street Fighter V, which was less warmly received. And uh, from the sounds of it, Street Fighter VI was not testing so well internally. And he was getting a lot of the blame for that because of what he was trying uh, and wanted to put in the game. And so that... um, That directorial producer type role has been... Uh, moved over to someone else. I think a woman in the fighting game community who's really highly respected um, is what the rumor is. I don't know if there's any confirmation on that. Yeah. But um, Ono's leaving behind a legacy. Yeah, I mean, like 30 years is a long dang time. Like 30 years in yeah. an industry that is not particularly old and he's been in it for longer than a lot of <laughs> the people playing his games have been alive. Right. Yeah. In Japan, it is very common to stay, or at least for older folks, it is common to stay at one company for a very long time. Uh, mm. So that's not super surprising in that way, but he is, he is a veteran of the industry. He's been around a long time. Yeah. And like, he's had medical issues uh, like seven or eight years ago, I think. He, like, there was a thing, like, uh, was it like a Street Fighter cross Tekken event or something? Like, he collapsed. Oh, I think, oh yeah, so like, like, much like Sakurai working himself to, to, you know, into these horrible health situations. Yeah. So, like, hopefully, ultimately, it's the best thing for his health. And, right. yeah, like, he deserves the break, man. Like, it's yeah. a long time. And he's quite a legacy. So, he, he, he deserves to take it easy for however long he wants to. He can take it sleazy. It'll be interesting to see what he does with, um, with you know, his time. If he starts a studio himself or goes somewhere else or whatever. Because, like I said with that rumor, it sounds like this was not necessarily him deciding just out of nowhere. It might have been like, okay, if I'm getting pulled off this, maybe I don't have what it takes to work on Street Fighter anymore. I'm going to leave Capcom. Maybe this gives him time to re- uh, you know, think some things over, decide what he wants to do, and come back with something new. Maybe he moves on to Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up. Uh, this has been a, a great show, everybody. Has a long, real nice marathon one. one. We've outdone yeah. ourselves again. <laughs> yep. Once again, uh, this has been episode 134 of the Gaming Fix podcast on August 15th, 2020. I have been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. your partner's favorite wet gamer moment. 
you can find me on Twitter at CoolSlaw, C-O-O-L-S-L-4-W. You can find me streaming on Twitch a couple days a week over at twitch.tv slash coleslaw, C-O-L-E-S-L-4-W. Pat, where can people find you? Find me at PJC Plays, and I'll be trying to um, get that helicarrier to take off all weekend. The crash one. Okay. I beat Frog Fractions 2, speaking of helicarriers. Frog <laughs> Fractions 3, rather. Uh, Allison, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y and follow my Persona 5 Royal tweets. Great. You should. Erica? Good. Uh, at Erica, A-I-R-E-H-C-U-H, and in my kitchen making a burrito because I am hungry now. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Are you going to make the Tony Hawk burrito? Uh, I'm going to put black beans in it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, close I enough. Did- I threw up a, a presentation or a uh, some impressions of um, this early access racing game drag um, that we didn't really talk about, but um, uh, they are on the site. So go read that. Includes my full thoughts on that, and pretty fun. Great, uh, Alex. Where can people find you? Um, if you go to Super GG Radio, I'm on their 77th episode, which is out Ooh, on August August 16th. Yeah. Oh, that's that's right now for me. Boy, I'm gonna go <laughs> listen to it. Uh, Make you sure you find... tweet angrily at them if you can't get it yet. Send them screenshots <laughs> of your clock. Oh, that's that's a good idea. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at fix or at fix podcasts, or on YouTube at fix podcasts. I think is what it is where i put up a video talking about the halo infinite delay hopefully i'm going to figure out some more videos to put up uh reacting to kind of the news of the week whatever i find interesting uh you can head over to fix.space like pat mentioned see some reviews and impressions of a couple things we've got something coming down the line from friend of the podcast chris edgerton Yep. EA Sports UFC 4 I hate the name of that game it's too long (laughs) and you can head over to podchaser.com slash gaming fix to rate us review us give us some feedback make us a better podcast yeah drink orange drink drink orangina everybody hey they didn't pay for that it's good and lots of Uh, thanks again to (laughs) Jan Ochoa for joining us on this episode it was a pleasure It was very exciting. um, Yeah, it it was great to talk to him. He is a very friendly guy. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Thank you, Andre. Keep your socks out of the toilet, Alex. No. No promises. (laughs) Stay wet, gamers. (laughs) Okay, bye. That's that's going to be my new sign-off. That's going to end every podcast. No, you don't like that. (laughs)